What's poppin' internet? Welcome to a bonus episode of the Synced Up Podcast, a show where we usually talk about news, games, and sandwich a little fun in between. But today we're just going to talk about games, our top five games mm-hmm. specifically. And joining me this week is number one Nintendo fan, Michael Claire. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing fantastic. And also special guest, you probably know him, you're definitely going to love him, host of the 99 Questions Podcast, Bob Buell. What is up, Bob? How you doing? Hey, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for uh, for inviting me on. Of this course. is uh, fantastic. Thanks, thanks for joining us. Yeah, we're we're, time. yeah, we're very excited about this. I've seen you, of course, on the MinMax show, and I believe you were on the Game Informer show. Were you on there as well? I was. Okay. I was on there for, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, uh, it was pretty cool. I had, a, I had a joke edited out of the Game Informer show, oh, so that's probably <laughs> I was too a, a crass for the have. show. <laughs> that's exciting. That's exciting. I feel good about that one. I feel like that's honorable. So before we get into the show, a little bit of housekeeping for you. Of course, our normal podcasts go up Mondays, 7 a.m. Central Time Zone. Gang, mm-hmm. um, and you can find those in, in your favorite podcasting feed by searching Synced Up Podcast and uh, looking for the blue and white logo. And obviously, we're on YouTube. At youtube.com slash synced up podcast. Now, this is just going to be a bonus episode. It's going to be like a normal podcast. We're just going to title it number 46, and we're just going to upload it, I believe, Thursday. Thursday. Thursday, yeah. somewhere, somewhere in there, and that's when it'll go up. And then you can expect our regular episode as well on that Monday. But this mm-hmm. one is just our top five games of all time. Back in March, yep. we did this episode at the start of our podcast, and uh, we had very bad mics, mm-hmm. no camera. Uh, we were in a very airy room with a ton of echo. Yeah, no clue what we were doing. And, yet, but so. now, obviously, we've upgraded. We got the nice set. We got Bob Buell, the we special guest. Yeah, we got Tetris playing in on the in the back here. We, we're fully upgraded, and we got a, a nice camera as well. So mm-hmm. we're gonna redo this episode, and uh, and hopefully you Little guys like it too. My yeah. list at least. My list is exactly the same because I wow. got consistency. <laughs> so <laughs> variety in my life. Yeah, to get it started, I'm gonna start off with my number five. A little game you might know. Okay. I feel like most people know, because um, what did it win at the Game Awards? I can't remember. But last year or the year before it came, well, I guess the year before now, because it's 2021. Yep. Came out in 2019. Is Disco Elysium? Mm-hmm. That is my number five game. I don't know if you've played it, Bob. Um, but if you haven't, I have not actually. If you haven't, I very, re- what, I very much it, recommend Tim? you do what, so. What is Disco Elysium? So the quick rundown of Disco Elysium is it's a computer RPG. Um, which if you don't know what that is, neither do I. Specific, like honestly, <laughs> um, but. They're usually very like aggressive, like uh, systems aggressive games for me, mm-hmm. and I don't like them. Like I tend to shy away from those type of games. Yeah. But for some reason, Disco Elysium just it it just pulled me in. I don't know what it was, but Disco Elysium. The characters, just, the world. Yeah, the writing, um, mm-hmm. even the aesthetic, like the art style, um, the music is also is quite good. Uh, something about Disco Elysium just just gets me going. Yeah. Like I I don't know what it is. I sat down and I think I beat that game in two days, and it's roughly a twenty something hour game. And I almost restarted it. I'm looking forward um, to the definitive edition. Right? Yeah, the definitive, the director's cut is Director, what they're calling. Is it, it coming to? It's coming to console, right? Yes, it because is, maybe. and it's also fully voiced now instead mm-hmm. of partially voiced, is it's how exciting. it was before. So that's that's super exciting for me, um, and I recommend it to anybody out there if they haven't played mm-hmm. it. I've, so. I'll, I'll probably wait till the director's cut to give it a shot. Yeah. Um, watching you play it, I've seen trailers at the Game Awards and everywhere they've shown it. I, I, I it looks interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, it looks yeah. like it has more depth than it gives off of course um it's it it is a very deep game a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of dice rolls but it, it still doesn't feel like there's a lot of dice rolls yeah. i don't know i don't know how to explain it because there is literally dice rolling on your screen but mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like you're just rolling dice and getting screwed over all the time like yeah. you still feel like you you're doing good stuff and i, I very much like that game so that's okay. my number five what, what about you mike okay so my list um before we get too much into it is more like i think um just memories and good experiences i mm-hmm. have with games 
than like games I consider this is the like pinnacle game. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, so my number five, weird Overwatch. I've, that is I've weird. Kind of, I've Ooh. kind of lost uh, favor with like Blizzard as a company over the years, mm-hmm. but I still enjoyed Overwatch when it came out in like 2015, maybe or uh, 2016. It might have been because um, that was right when I uh, started going to college mm-hmm. and I met some guys on my floor. Yeah. And now where you and I have met. Yeah. We met. We met right around those there. Room, those roommates uh-huh. and those friends. So um, I have a lot of appreciation for that game. Played it a lot. I was never too good. I got like 2,500, whatever mm-hmm. that ELO was. Yeah. Um, but like playing Lucio Ball. Yeah. Oh, Lucio I'm, Ball. I don't man. know if you remember that. that. So I don't know if you know what that is, Bob. Lucio oh, Ball. I loved it. Oh, I Absolutely. loved it too. It was, Lucio uh, was in my top like three of mains in that game. So yeah. yeah, uh, I, yeah I loved time. it so much. And so we played like a, we were like grandmaster level at Lucio Ball. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I remember that. The, the Tespa, the, they, they do like the collegiate tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a Lucio Ball tournament and. There was some shenanigans where I couldn't make one of the the games, and we had to get a sub in and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And we ended up getting like third or fourth or something. Wow! But we still got twenty dollar prizes, and that's the <laughs> yeah. most I've ever made in a video game. That's tournament. cool. So that was that was like a really fun experience, and I've had a lot of experiences mm-hmm. like that with Overwatch. Um, I love the characters, I love the world, uh, the gameplay. I enjoyed a lot because I'm not a huge FPS guy. Yeah, the shooting in that game is quite good. But yeah, they they give you so many different ways to kind of play the game. Yeah. If you don't want to play with a gun, play Reinhardt. Mm-hmm. You know. So, um, I enjoyed that game a lot. Yeah. Even though it's not like a pinnacle. Mm-hmm. Who who game. did you play the most, Bob? I like I'd like to know. Torborn. Torborn? That, oh, oh, that's I, a good pick. Man like putting down the turret and I know. I lo- Once they shot. nerfed him into like getting rid of the turret or mm-hmm. like turret was his altar now, I was like, not interested. Sorry. Yeah. I'm yeah. gonna move on from this. My- but like, yeah, that first couple of years where it was like all powerful throwing out shields at everybody yep. especially, all the way. especially when you could put uh six or five torbjorns on the same team before oh, they yes. yeah that right. was the, when the game the days when i the remember game first came out my, oh. my big pick was always roadhog mm-hmm. until they nerfed him oh, too roadhog you always get the good. hook and then right click the hook the and the shotgun as soon as oh, you got yeah. hooked you knew you were dead yeah. you're so, like oh, I'm dead. <laughs> i love that game a lot um, yeah i got in late i was junk rat in the beginning and then just because I like flying around with the with the little place in the mine, the and mines jumping. and jumping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I also really liked uh, Ana Omari when she came out yep. and I played a ton of Ana Omari. She was a nice, nice character. Interesting way to do a Good support game. character. Good in game. my opinion. I'm, I'm kind of excited for Overwatch 2 just to see what they do with the uh, the franchise going forward. Haven't heard a um, lot from that game. In a I have it not. I have not either. But I mean, yeah, I, for some reason, I wouldn't be shocked if they did a Among Us thing and just kind of said, like, you know what? We've thought about it. We're actually just going to make over, you know, uh, Overwatch 1 super beefed up at this yeah, point 1.5 uh, something tells me that's the route they're gonna go but I, I who knows think, wizard you know they know better than i, I do i think there's a possibility yeah. they end up doing more of a story driven like overwatch 2 yeah or, mm, or name it something else like well they did say there would be a campaign yeah but they said it would like be available in one mm-hmm. or there was like some there was a lot thing. of plans to do that for the first one but yeah. i think i think it just took blizzard, off in a different way blizzard than kind of been ghost for a while yeah they have i mean there's been some Diablo news here and there, but that's yeah. really been Diablo it. Immortal, the mobile game. Even well, even Diablo Four. Yeah, there was oh, a yeah, there, there was, was an update yeah, uh, was. a couple weeks ago. So you guys don't have phones. What a classic <laughs> game. Uh, that's that's it for my number five. What about you, Bob? I'm excited for Bob's list. Let's get number it going. Five. I I have a very eclectic list here, and I have a ton of him. you know uh, what special nominations just yeah. outside of the top five. Okay. Um, but number five. The Witness. Oh, that's a fantastic pick. I couldn't get into The Witness. Is that but... the puzzle one? Yes, it is. The super hard puzzle, puzzle one? Uh... I wouldn't say super hard. Well, unless you want 100% it. It's, yeah, it's okay. definitely not super hard. But the basic gist of it is, yeah, it's first person puzzle solver 
on an island. So you are just first person on this random island with no other inhabitants, but just a strange world all around you. Mm-hmm. And you walk up to these little panels with different, you know, start here, end here. How do you get that line to that point? Mm-hmm. Puzzle. Yeah. But the greatest part of it is, and for the inner puzzle solver in me, it's the greatest thing I've ever, I, I ever could have thought of. They give you symbols, they give you clues, but nothing in the game tells you what they mean. So you'll see a board and it'll have a golden triangle, two golden triangles, a black dot, and a red dot. That's it. And only through uh, trial and error and just logical conclusions can you figure out, oh, this is what golden triangles mean. Oh, I have to sandwich the line between the two dots, but if they're... Uh, a golden triangle with two triangles. I have to touch two sides of the square. But if it's one, <laughs> like you have to just figure it out even this naturally ex- even this through the environment. It's mind blowing. So the the most satisfaction you get out of that game is not necessarily beating a puzzle, but it's learning the rules. Mm, it's okay. your own mind going, oh, of course, that's what it means. Because now I have seven puzzles that I did. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was the rule maybe this could be it maybe this could be it but once you get it on all seven you go this has to be it so and now those, you know it going forward and it's the most satisfying thing in the world a lot of those moments where like you'll do three puzzles not knowing how exactly you figured it out but then it and all then clicks click. later down the line and that's yep. that's a huge satisfaction feeling i know that yeah wow. or sometimes you'll it'll be like four in a row and you'll get the first two kind of accidentally and the mm-hmm. third one you'll get wrong and you go well now i have to rethink my whole headspace yeah. now i don't know what this means let me look back to see what i did right Look what I see did wrong and figure out the pattern here. Yeah. And once you get it, it's it's beyond satisfying. I and agree. it's it's some are some are clue based like that, some are environmental based. It depends where you are in the world or yeah. what's around you, some which is like again, gets into spoiler territory, but oh my god, so unbelievable. Yeah. I I uh I tried the witness. I was just too dumb. I don't I don't know. <laughs> I tried it when it first came out. Maybe I'll go back to it now that I'm a smarter lad, because it was like four years ago. Yeah. But um yeah, I, I tried it. I tried to get into it so bad, but I was just dumb. I was like, I can't get these puzzles, but I can appreciate it for for what it for what it like is. Mm-hmm. And and when I hear people talk about it, like I'm always like, damn, that game sounds quite good. And I, I liked some of the. I did solve some puzzles. There were like some perspective puzzles where you had to like line up rocks in the environment and stuff. And I, yeah. I really like that. The classic example, and it's you know slight spoiler for the witness here you know for the first maybe hour of the game but like the classic puzzle is like there's one line that you start at the bottom and there's seven branching paths leading up and there's nothing that indicates that one is different from the other and you're like well all right i could just try like you could that's what everyone goes you go all right let me try the first one no try the second one no and you don't quite know what you're doing but until you like exit out of the puzzle itself, literally take a couple steps back because it's all in FPS, mm-hmm. you'll see there's an apple tree growing behind that puzzle board with seven branches ah. going off of the tree. And whichever one the apple is on, that's the correct answer. Okay. So it literally forces you to like open your mind, man. It's all <laughs> around you. It's all here. It's like it's and and again, this this there is moment there are moments in that game that I truly don't want to spoil because if anyone wants to play mm-hmm. it, it's like mind blowing. Mm-hmm. There was a moment in that game that I had to put the controller down, walk around my living room, going, "Oh my god, I can't believe they did that!" <laughs> oh, because cool. I was so mind blown by by a puzzle. Yeah. Like, it, yeah, oh. absolutely top ten of all time. 
number that's, five, in fact, I'll, of all time. I want to get yeah. into that. That, yeah. that sounds like something. I uh, yeah, I know. I might re-download it. It's you sitting are there. a lot smarter. It's sitting it's been there. Four <laughs> whole years. Four years ago, I was 18. I was dumb. I was fresh out of. Arguably, still might be. But. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess that's arguable that I could still be quite dumb. Mm. Um, wow. Yeah, that is a good pick. Um, my number four mm-hmm. is. Uh, I'm trying to think. Make sure. Okay. Yeah. Dark Souls three is my number four. Okay. Oh, that's a great one. I love the Dark Souls series. All of the FromSoft games. Now that the Demon Souls remake has came out, I've finally. I guess. Technically, I haven't beat them all because I didn't play the original, but I counted. I mean, it's still Demon Souls at its core, so mm-hmm. I've now beat all the FromSoft games. I mean, I love them all. I love them all so much. I, I've platinumed, um, I've platinumed Demon Souls. Came really close to Sekiro, but I did everything except I just couldn't beat that final boss, man. I got so close <laughs> and I just got thrashed. But in in Dark Souls Three, I've actually got every single Steam achievement in that game. Um, it took me ninety ish hours, and I did it with uh, two of my friends. Uh, and that was such a fun experience. Yeah. I, and I played that game way later after it came out because originally I was a kid when Dark Souls 2 came out. Um, and I played it and I just loved it so much. But I was just I would just get trounced. Like I would mm-hmm. have no idea where to go. I would have no idea what to do. I didn't know. See, what... I'm 22 and I still have that problem. I didn't know what was going on, but I just loved the world and all the stuff. I was just fascinated by it. Um, and so later on in life when Trey... Um, and Ethan asked me, hey, do you got, do you want to play through Dark Souls 3 with us? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I, that was one I didn't play. And I liked 2, even though I only got like a quarter way through the game. I did it. And we ended up beating the game four times pretty yeah. much to get all the achievements. And then I went back and played 2 and played 1 and went and did all that stuff. But that was just such a fun experience with them specifically mm-hmm. of of going through and discovering stuff and I mean, I guess it wasn't so fun grinding for like eight hours for one specific item for one achievement because that was rough. Because, you know, in Dark Souls 3, there are multiplayer-related achievements. But the multiplayer items you need to get those, mm-hmm. you can get in single-player if you grind for them. But it's way easier in multiplayer. But because we played it so late, no one's playing. Nobody was playing the game. And if you wanted to go into multiplayer, it's just a bunch of hackers. So yeah. we had to do the grindy way to get the thing. And it was rough, man. Just running up. What's that castle? It starts with an A. I can't remember the name of it. Um, but there's all those, like, the Black Knight guys up there. Mm-hmm. And I would just run the same path. I'd hit the bonfire, run up the stairs, kill the two coming down the stairs, run up, kill the dude on the balcony, run down, and then just do that over and over again for, like, eight hours until I got <laughs> enough of these little things to trade in for a damn spell. <laughs> God, it was so rough. But uh, other than that, it was just so fun having people come in and help you with bosses. And, and don't get me wrong, there was a lot of rage moments of, I'm never playing this game again. And then, you know, waking up the next day being like, you know what, I'll try the boss one more time. And then beating it first try, the mm-hmm. classic the cl- classic Dark Souls thing. And I just loved it. Oh, it was so fun. So, yeah, my number my number four, definitely Dark Souls 3. I know you don't have any experience with Yeah. How many tattoos are we away from getting? At Dark Souls? Mm-hmm. We're just one. T- Dark Souls is the next is the tattoo. the next one? Okay. Yeah. It's going to be right here. I'm going to get the dark sign. Okay. It's on the docket. Okay. Because I have to. to that. I have to. Have you played Dark Souls, Bob? I'm literally looking at an Onion Knight statue that I have hanging up uh, there yeah. from Dark Souls 1. Of course. Uh, yes, I've played through all of 1, 2, and 3 and all the DLCs, mm-hmm. uh, Bloodborne. Sekiro was not quite my jam. I'm just not good at the parry. That's, that's fair. a whole separate thing. But It is a different game. Um, yeah, Dark Souls 3, I think, is my favorite of the Dark Souls series. Yeah. So I, I have huge respect for this pick. Um, there are very few games that make you feel like a just badass knight mm, taken down a gargantuan awful looking demon thing mm-hmm. uh than the dark souls games and yeah i always ran choice. i always ran the i can't remember the name of it it was like 
a hammer with lightning abilities and I would do like a, a faith strength build and you would just spam L2 and it would mm -hmm. like slam lightning down from the sky. <laughs> I don't remember what the weapon was called, but I would just demolish the bosses like when I was going through like new game plus plus plus. And so mm -hmm. I was always the one that my friends, you know, they'd be stuck. He's like, oh, we got to beat the Nameless King one more time. And I would come in and kill him in like two hits real fast. And it was just so cool. <laughs> so fun doing that stuff. A lot of people, how do you feel about Dark Souls 2? I know that's a... a a touchy subject for Dark Souls fans. Dark Souls Two. I, I like it a lot. So I, I. I think it. I think it probably has the lowest lows of the series, but I think some of its highs are like mm -hmm. as good as that series ever got. Yeah. Like to me, uh, this might yeah. be a hot take. I think mm -hmm. Majula is the best hub world in the Dark Souls series. I 100%. love Majula. And yeah, I, a lot of people don't agree with me. I, I. I mean, there's a reason in that game they made you level up there. Like, in Dark Souls 1, you could level up any bonfire you ever encounter. Yeah. In 2, they made you go back to Majula, so it felt like home. Yeah, like, as soon did. as you got there and you could see the vast ocean and the Emerald Herald standing there yeah. and all your shopkeepers that you've rescued, like, it felt great. It was, it was it. A, fantastic. And I still get chills every time you walk out that cave and the sun is setting on the, the horizon there and you're like, oh, it just looks yeah. so great. I love it. And then just as that, I'm a sucker for hub worlds that evolve over time. Um, that you mm. can affect so getting new shopkeepers there like they have that in every dark souls game but it feels especially special in two because like you know you build the ladder down into the well and then you clear up love the that. house and go into the basement like oh i just love it so much um but dark souls 3 just gets that slight edge over two for me but don't get me wrong two is still high up there on my on my favorite list just not quite as high as three so what's Agreed. your what's your number four mike um matching the intensity and the you know I feel like you have to be a real gamer to play um, Dark Souls. Mm -hmm. You also have to be a real gamer to play my number four, Mario Odyssey. Mario. Okay. <laughs> Nearly <laughs> as intense. Just as intense. Just as difficult. Um, I don't know. This game was kind of like my foray back into games for yeah, a while. Because like like, when I played Overwatch, that was like all I played. Mm -hmm. I didn't really play console games. I got like whatever Pokemon game was mm -hmm. out for my DS, and that was like really it. Yeah. Um, and because I had stopped playing after, because I had my 360. And then there was a period of time where I just didn't play games. Yeah. So you got me a Switch for my birthday. And like, I did do that. In like 2018? Maybe? I yeah, don't know. Yeah, because it would, it would it have been a year. When, when's your, your birthday's in? June 1st. No, I believe it was 2017. It Maybe. Had to it be. could have been. Because I remember um, you being stoked about the Switch, but just not able to get it yet. Yeah, because like, hey, I, I was a broke college student. Yeah. And so you get that for me. I play Mario Odyssey. And it was such a relit a fire in me for like video games because mm -hmm. I loved um what they did with that game yeah it's and i don't think it's you know a top 10 game score wise or anything yeah. like that but it was it was so fun it kind of brought this idea of like i can just 100 percent a game if i enjoy it that mm -hmm. wasn't a concept that i like understood <laughs> was that i could 100 percent a game yeah and just keep playing it yeah um and so i did that i it was the first game i was like actually 100 percented all the way through um all the moons were enjoyable there were so yeah. many yeah um I just love that game so much. They're it was everywhere. so fun. It, it, it had the Breath of the Wild thing, you know, where you, you there's always something somewhere. Like, you see a rock on top of a mountain, and you know if you climb up there, there's mm -hmm. going to be something. And Mario Odyssey had that same type yeah, of thing. It, like, it, hey, there's kind of a hill here. I wonder if I ground pound, and then, oh, up comes a moon, and you're like, yeah. oh, that's great. Even if, like, at completely unreachable reachable areas to, like, normal people, mm -hmm. they still put coins up yeah, there. Yeah, coins up at like the top. Speedrunners, people who, could, like, yeah. could do that stuff. Because so. you would go into that cave area, I think is where it was, mm -hmm. and you'd be like, there's no way I could get up there. But if you got frame-perfect jumps, you'd get up to the top, could, and there'd be yeah. a stack of coins up there waiting for you, which was ah, just so cool. And then I, I, don't, I don't know where people really stand on, like, the hierarchy of the, the Mario 3D platformer mm -hmm. games, but it's just so good to me. It is. I, it's hard for me to find faults with that game. A lot of, I think, the best word for me to... Uh, 
to describe it as joyous. Like yeah. there's just so much like joy yeah. in that game, mm-hmm. um, especially in in like the uh, New Donk City section. Yep. Like oh, there's just so much to. I think like there's no other game really where I think my cheeks were hurting for smiling so much. You know. Yeah. Just, yeah. You know? There's just a lot of wholesome moments in that game, yeah. and I'm just like. This is really cool, you know? It didn't matter what kingdom you are. When you start off and you go to Cascade and you're like, I could be a dinosaur. Yeah. You're like, okay, this game's this game's taking me yeah. in. It's fun. So, yeah, I agree. I, I enjoyed that game a lot. Not too much to say about Mario Odyssey. It's just, it was just really fun. It, it is a, a fun, fun game. fun experience and it got me back into playing video games mm-hmm. to where I am now with a Xbox Series X in my room. You know, yeah. like, it's just, it kind of changed, changed me, so... Mm-hmm. I appreciate it a lot. I, I assume you've also played Mario Odyssey. I'd be shocked if you hadn't, Bob. Have you played it? I actually haven't. <laughs> I, this, is, this is a dark uh, confession I have here. Oh, I love no. everything I've seen about it. I, I, I absolutely do. I, I also I got a Switch late, and it was basically like, do you want Breath of the Wild or do you want Mario? That's and I fair. went with Breath of the Wild. That's and a fair point. It's It's one of those things like, I absolutely will be getting this one of these days because mm. uh, I've heard the exact same thing from everyone who played it. It's just uh, puts a smile on your face yeah. kind of game. Yeah. Uh, but just haven't haven't. And had I will it say, but I love like, the enthusiasm. The the, the, the that spot there kind of goes the same for Breath of the Wild because mm-hmm. um, those are the first two games I played on the Switch, and I almost a hundred percented Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. I didn't do the Koroks, but I did all the quests, all the shrines, stuff like that. Um, and they they both hold that kind of same spot spot for me and like getting me reinvigorated in games. So. Yeah, getting back into the yeah into the gist of it, which is good now because mm-hmm. we were you know we run a gaming podcast. So That's true. I'm glad you were back in the mix. <laughs> did you did you realize when you bought me that Switch four or three years ago that it would lead to this that it would lead right to right this now? moment? I don't think I did. Yeah. I don't could think I did. That. No, because I master was, plan coming yeah, together. It's yeah. worked out. <laughs> it has worked out quite well. All right, Bob, number four. What do you got? Number four, this is another one kind of similar to The Witness where it is like a secret puzzle game, mm-hmm. but shrouded in everything else. Shadow of the Colossus. Oh, okay. okay. All right. Now, originally for PS2, been remastered for just about every other Sony yep. console since. Yep. Uh, so if you're going to play it, play the, the newest one on PS4. Um, but this is a game that's just so like perfect is the only word I can use to describe it. <laughs> it's it, it. It hits every box for me. It's a, the so cinematic, it like very the, cinematic. The, the, the gorgeous world that you're in this empty, barren land uh, for, for anyone who doesn't know who, uh, you know what this game is. It's basically, you are a guy who doesn't even have a name. Technically. I think mm-hmm. your name's in the instruction manual and not given anywhere in the game. Yeah. With, with a sword, a bow and arrow, and a horse, and That's a dead it. body. Yeah. And you show up into town, dead body's a, a girl, and you say, if you know, how can I bring her back to life? Some omniscient voice says, if you kill 16 colossus, 16 giants in this world, I'll bring her back to life. Mm-hmm. Go. And that's your goal. And there's no other enemies. There's no levels in between. It's just you getting to a boss, 16 bosses, and every boss is a puzzle. It's a 3D platforming adventure mm-hmm. puzzle. They, so they you you know you have to get to a, a, an enemy and oh you have to figure out that uh, first you have to slam a sword down, then you have to stab him in the hand, and then he releases his sword, and then when his hand is hurting, you have to jump into his hand, and then he'll scratch <laughs> onto his back, and then you have to hit him on his shoulder, and then he'll scratch on the other side <laughs> of his back, and you have to jump on his back and jump on his head like. Every every boss feels so monumental and mm-hmm. huge, and 
yeah, I'm going to use all these flowery words for it, but it's it's grandiose. <laughs> it's epic in every sense of the word. Yeah, like there are so many weird secrets in that game, which really like grabbed me yeah, when I was. You uh, have you have like the the lizards, and then in the remaster, I watched they, a was that a Jacob Geller video? That was a Jacob Geller Where video. The, I know yeah, the exact one. The coins, yeah, the one where they, you find the coins, and it finally it like opened up a thing and like a secret that everyone that thought was a secret back in the day and couldn't solve and then they added it in yeah. the remaster. Oh, so good. Yeah. And my favorite is there is a slight spoiler, I suppose. I, I this is basically me spoiling my top 5 games of all time, <laughs> oh, but <who> um <laughs> uh, at the very end of the game you find out there's a little like garden thing on top of the castle that mm-hmm. you've been in the whole time the, at the very center of this world. There is a way that you can like kind of uh, exploit the game's stamina system to do perfect like cross jumps because they take less stamina and cover more ground you can get to that garden mm. through like you know you have to kill enough lizards and get your stamina bar big enough yeah. but you can get to that end game garden like anytime you want during the game basically and getting there during the ps2 version of that game felt like an accomplishment because yeah, it, it was it, like this is something that should be out of bounds yeah. and to get there and like see the world from up there is absolutely nuts and uh but that's beside the point the game is phenomenal yeah. i think it tops a lot of people's lists for that reason mm-hmm. um and yeah I, I absolutely love it i i've played and adore every single remake of it mm-hmm. it's it's great i think that's a thing that we can all agree on it should be uh looked looked at more in game development is that idea of like you say with with a garden up top and and the, and the secret or how you were talking about in mario odyssey with the things at the top mm-hmm. to like i think it, as a game developer if you could just put more detail in these areas that like not everyone is going to see but the person who does see it i think that there's like a big impact yeah. there for those people it'll change this game completely for yeah them and i think yeah. that is is very important now shadow of the colossus in my experience i made it through four of the bosses and mm-hmm. um, I was in the same league as if you know him. Uh, what now his name's uh, Jared Petty, where I just, I just didn't oh. want to I just didn't want to kill him. <laughs> like I didn't want to do it, and so that I is up, I ended up yeah. stopping. But I I did make it through four bosses, and I I couldn't get over the fact of like man I don't want to just kill these colossus for for what I feel like is no reason. But I have watched plenty of video essays, um, specifically the Jacob Geller one we were talking about a second ago. And I think that's really where my appreciation for Shadow of the Colossus comes from, mm-hmm. is that Jacob Geller video, because it's just a, one, a beautiful video. And Jacob Geller yeah. is a brilliant guy, right? Um, but I do appreciate the the love that everyone has for Shadow of the Colossus, the legacy, really. Because mm-hmm. uh, PS2, like you wouldn't think a game that big could be on PS2 yet. You know, there yeah. it is, sitting on the PS2, mm-hmm. and and you can play it, and it and it kind of transcends what you thought was capable back in the day. Yeah, I remember watching um, Trey play it in our dorms, and uh, it was very beautiful. I didn't. I, that was one of the games I was like, oh, I'd like to play this if I get a chance. That I just I never got around to playing it, mm-hmm. but I saw him play it almost to completion, and th- watching those boss fights was really cool. Mm-hmm. You know how how they change and evolve throughout the fight. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. It's you gotta extremely love this, cool. Gotta love the scale of everything. Mm-hmm. It's why oh in God of War yeah. 3, I think that those boss fights at the very beginning are like some of the best boss fights ever mm-hmm. because it's just, everything's so big and giant and crazy. On the Titans and yeah. yeah. When you're fighting Poseidon on the, on the back of Gaia and stuff. Oh, it's just so cool. Um, that is a fantastic fourth pick. And for my third pick, um, I have a game here. Now, this is where people might get a little iffy with me because of recency bias. But, I mean, it's been two years. It has. Uh, I guess three now, almost. God of War. Um, for the PlayStation 4. Wow. That game, 
I don't know. It just, it did so much for me personally. I think I can say this here now in this, um, for, for talking about this game, emotional impact is like a big thing for me when it comes to games. Yeah. If you can make me cry and cry a lot, that's going to, that's going to get you up my list, right? I'm mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to push your game further up my favorites list because I enjoy a good cry. Obviously yeah. most people know that about me. Um, and I get very emotional and teary eyed when it comes to sad moments in games. And for some reason, even though I didn't have a ton of love for God of War 1, 2, and 3, all the quote-unquote fan servicey things that they... I wouldn't call them fan servicey, but that's basically what they are, mm-hmm. that they did in God of War for those old games, just gave me so much nostalgia, even though I didn't have much for those games. Yeah. And I just felt like, you know, every single moment, I was like, man, that's just so cool, and it's a callback to the last game. And um, I think that game, one, is a testament to the genius of Corey Barlog, first and foremost. Um, and two, is a testament that really... You should never give up on a franchise, frankly, because, you know, with Chains of Olympus and, and those God of War games, it was kind of on the fall off, if yeah. we're going to be completely honest. There was one other one that was on, like, the PS Vita. Um, the, the franchise was thought dead, and nothing really... That E3 moment when they announced it and Corey Barlog's playing on stage and, and you see the boy playing with the thing and you're like, what's going on? And then out of the shadows comes Kratos. That moment was just so crazy. It was like, oh, man. And you just jumped out of your seat like, I can't believe you're doing this. And it was so fun. And just so exciting to see that and then to play the game and it live up to that. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the few games in my life where I 100%ed it, got the platinum trophy. And then I was sitting there and I thought to myself, do I do it again? Yeah. <laughs> do I start this <laughs> over and do it again? Because I just, I just loved it. Like I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't going for the platinum because I was close to it or because I like platinum trophies, but because I, I finished a story and I finished what I was doing and I thought to myself, I don't want to be done yet. I don't want this story to be done yet. I don't want to quit playing this game. And so mm-hmm. I hunted for the Ravens and I killed the rest of the Valkyries and did all of that stuff. Um, and I think that story in that game is just superb. I, I love the story in that game. I love the combat. Uh, there are some criticisms of that game that I can get behind. There's like a lot of, especially in like the, uh, whatever the world is called, where it's like Helheim, I think, where you climb the mountain. That gets a little... Tedious, tedious and yeah. then when you do this stuff in the maze that's in the fog and stuff that also can get a bit tedious but aside from that i just loved all the set pieces and the story and um just the characters and the ending really had mm-hmm. me you know curled up in the fetal position of like <laughs> oh life and i was really really crying on that one but i i cannot wait for god of war ragnarok i think me it's going to be super really excited and i really like that game have you you haven't played that game have uh, you? that's another one i watched trey play yeah start to finish yeah um because that was I, you know, I, I didn't have that much time mm-hmm. uh, with school and work. So I'd come home. It'd be too late. I didn't want to play a game, but he yeah. was on the couch playing it. So I'd watch him play it or he's in his room or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, I know the story. I watched it. Um, I want to, I'm really excited for Ragnarok. Ragnarok, yeah. yeah. No, uh, we, I'm going to play that one. Oh, yeah. We got the PS5 in the household now, so we can, we we can play that. I'm it's going to be nice. Did you play God oh, of War? Yeah. Is this another, is this another laps in your in your repertoire bob Buell. well listen if you're gonna call me out for every one of these, right? <laughs> uh, it might have been another lap oh, no right. no not, not to say i haven't seen it be played quite of a bit course, uh, of um yeah uh, i i love i love what you said though like it, it really is true like going from god of war one two and three to all the little spin-offs and sequels mm-hmm. from there yeah it was becoming like a cheesy action game 100 and this one really did take the reins and was like, no, 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 this is a tragic character with a dark and deep backstory yeah. that deserves to be focused on a little bit more He's and not just a change of mythology. Man. Yeah, exactly. 
and a change of mythology did them perfectly it's all they needed to to be able to be like okay here's 100%. here it is from a new lens mm-hmm. and uh go took the, and the they, they absolutely crushed it take the greek god and put him in the the norse area and then i, I guess I think change of mythology really was one of the things that they needed to be able to change the complete tone of that game. Yeah. And to say, hey, yeah. our characters have depth. Hey, we don't have to be an action RPG. We can be a third person action adventure game and still and still accomplish so many things. And mm-hmm. yeah, God of War twenty eighteen just oh I it almost it almost was my favorite game. Didn't quite make it, but it was close. When I got to the end and I one hundred percented it, I thought long and hard, like, do I put this at number one? Didn't quite make it, but just know, wow. I almost put it there. I almost did. Mm-hmm. It got the bronze, though. It did. It did get the bronze. Number three for you, Mike. What do you got for me? Um, so I couldn't put Pokemon, the franchise, mm-hmm. on the list alone. <laughs> so Because that was something we discussed 40 months ago. We were like, uh, can I just put Pokemon in there? He's like, no, pick one. Yeah. And so I, <laughs> I just went with what my favorite one was. Um, Pokemon Soul Silver. Of course. Which um, I think good. was a lot of people's favorite, I think, maybe because... Uh, I think that was the first game where we got Pokemon following you around, and that was, like, mm-hmm. the hugest request at the time yeah. for Pokemon games was, like, let my Pokemon follow me, right? Um, then they took it right back away. Yep. Didn't last long. <laughs> um, Pokemon was just such a big part of my childhood. It's where I started. You know, two years old, my uh, uncle hands me a Game Boy with no game, and I had to go find something, found Pokemon Blue, mm-hmm. and uh, loved it from the start. Yep. Um, and I've played every game since then, like, almost every spinoff too it's just such a beloved franchise for me i mean lately it's kind of fallen off and like you know how much i'm mm-hmm. invested into it yeah because i used to be into everything you know, oh the, yeah 100%. the movies the cards all of it the so tournaments yep going to the tournaments everything um it's just such a big part of my life in my childhood mm-hmm. uh that it would just be a shame for me to not put on this list yeah and i do love soul silver a lot it's my it's probably my favorite game mm-hmm. um it i think gen 2 being able to go to both johto and kanto and explore both of those worlds um, is amazing. That's cool. It allows you to use the Pokemon up to Gen Four at mm-hmm. the time. I think um, it was just a it was it was a big part of my childhood. Yeah. And I, I think it's maybe in that time period where I have a lot of memories just mm-hmm. in life in general. Um, so it, it's just very pertinent in my memory, I and think, I, I love it a lot. I I don't think Soul Silver was one that I played. I don't think I ever played that one, mm-hmm. but I, you know, obviously you, you can't deny the importance of, of Pokemon. So I've, I've yeah. dabbled, you know, I've played yeah. a lot of them. I think everybody's touched it at least once. Yeah. Um, I've played quite a few of them and despite my qualms with, I think how they're handling the newer games yeah. and how much I dislike that there, I do have some fondness for, for some of those old Pokemons leaf mm-hmm. green specifically, obviously I think mm. it's in my 23rd, 24th spot, something like that. I like how you're able to nail it down that precisely. <laughs> <laughs> I do. A lot, I'll, I put a lot of thought into it. I'll, I'll one-up you there. I think Pokemon Silver was in my 11th spot yeah. on this list here. There you go. Uh, but from a from a purely technical standpoint, Soul Silver is like, it's everything that was great about Silver, but just, yeah. just notched up one for the, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, 100%. And I cannot tell you how mind-blowing it was playing through Silver and getting, beating all eight and getting through the Elite Four. And then someone just goes, oh, here? You want to yeah, just go, go to back to this other game? Yeah, <laughs> eight eight more badges, man. Go nuts! And it's like, it's, it's crazy how they haven't done that in any other game. Because yeah. that's one of the no. that was one of the best feelings was being able to like, oh, the game's not over. Yeah, you thought you beat a hundred percent. You beat fifty percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like what? It was crazy. And then being able to yeah. fight Red, if you knew how to get there. Oh, at the cave, like mm-hmm. at the bar. 
back of the deep dark cave it's, it's the it's like the quintessential battle mm-hmm. of you know every young trainer's career is have you seen red. the video where it's like beating red with only level one pokemon i've seen so many videos like that <laughs> that's a good video um i just i don't know man i loved that game so much there's just so many good and cool features they did mm-hmm. and yeah both silver and soul silver plus um up to gen four i think like you really you had some you really still have cool rock solid use. like that's before um, I, a bunch of people will probably disagree with me, but I think as the generations go on, you start to get like, okay. Like, I think it's all because of nostalgia. That's a whole another conversation yeah, about like why people don't like well, newer gen yeah. stuff. Um, and it, it just feels like there's, I don't know. It just but feels Gen like Four had a lot of, I think, cool Pokemon. They gave mm-hmm. they gave a lot of evolutions to old Pokemon that everybody loved, like yeah. you know Magmar, Electabuzz. They all got evolutions. Um, and so it was just a really, I think that was a really good time for Pokemon. Um, maybe it's just because that's when I remember it the most. Yeah, and I played it the most, but that's. I think it was a great time period to be a Pokemon. Fan. Can't can't beat that nostalgia factor. No, it's impossible to. That's do that's so. why my that's how my list is built is on nostalgia. Come on, <laughs> nostalgia <laughs> is too much of an important feeling. I it's, think in the gaming, a, it's a crazy strong oh, emotion. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Like, I I think it's something I feel every time we watch a game awards or an E three. I'm just yeah. like anything that's a look back on a year. Or anything yeah, you've done. N- nostalgia. I think is one of the reasons I love this thing that we all love so much. Right? Mm-hmm. Is just every time you know just being able to get super crazy excited about dumb niche things from 20 (laughs) years ago with everyone just as excited as you are you know the classic video of i mean god it's a different world now because of covid but when when they announce smash and you have that classic video of like the 55 dudes all watching it on the Mm -hmm. on the projector and then the the eyeball comes on the inkling's eye and everyone's like oh my god like you just don't get feelings like that in other areas i feel like like i I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you do. There's people who can get that excited about movies and stuff or golf or whatever, I yeah, guess. Yeah, but it's but. just the, it's, it's what we're most invested in. Yeah, and so for gaming, it's just like, oh. And so that nostalgia factor, I think, is yeah. quite important. When, when and I think everyone games. has those kind of moments that are just so special and so unique to video games where it's like, I can tell you stories about staying up till what four in the morning playing Smash Brothers oh, or yeah, like course. the best, the most epic game of Halo ever with yeah. like me and my buddies or like like everyone has those kind of stories and it could be last week or it could be twenty years ago and, and you could it, tell it with the same amount of passion yeah, every time. Yeah, it can be every any time. game too, you know. Like um, I think I might be the only one in our friend group who's excited for Psychonauts too, just because I have <laughs> nostalgia for Psychonauts. And so yep. it's it's you, you can have that with any game, any experience. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, wh- whoever you were playing with, yeah. that's, there's, I think there's the always someone out there to share yeah. that emotion with, so. but I, I do agree. It is quite unique, quite unique. I feel like to gaming to, to mm-hmm. have, I mean, just look at us right now, just talking about games yeah. right now. This is what exactly we're talking about going back mm-hmm. in our top five yeah. favorite games of all time, thinking back to us playing them and the memories we have. It's just such a beautiful thing. Yep. You love to see it. Number three, Bob, what do you got for us? All right. Number three, you're going to think I'm very old here, but I'm only oh, moderately no. old. <laughs> And hear me out here. Three. Okay. Missed Pac-Man. Miss Pac-Man. Okay. okay. I can All get right. behind that. My, I actually now, have, I think my dad has a Miss Pac-Man arcade cabinet. Oh, um, now, now we're talking. Yeah. Here. So I can get behind <laughs> this pick. So for, for multiple reasons here. So, so one, it's hugely nostalgia based. Obviously. Of course. S- yeah. Same thing. hundred like, percent. Because I had it on Genesis growing mm-hmm. up and it was just constant like that was the simplest game to oh i have four minutes or i have two hours yeah miss pac-man <laughs> can do either one yeah. 
Um, and plus on Genesis, they put in a bunch of like bonus levels and wacky levels and like levels without walls. So you just had to like collect dots in free air, which was, was so bizarre. Was Miss Pac-Man um, the one? I don't know if on Genesis is isn't it a Pac-Man game where there's a spot you can get where the ghost will never get you, where you can like get in a corner somewhere. Is that there are arcades or? There are different exploits if you want to go like the super hardcore route with it. Mm -hmm. I think in just about every game. Um, but yeah, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not to that level of fandom with it to, to tell you for sure, but almost definitely. Yes. Um, but the biggest thing for me was the movie theater that I had near me growing up had a Ms. Pac-Man machine in the, uh... our, in the lobby. So every movie from my, from when I was probably four until like 24, was let's get there five minutes early. Play some of course, we're going to hit up the dollar store down the street. I'm going to jam my candy. pocket's filled with candy and Snapple. <laughs> <laughs> Sneak it into the theater. Go to the lobby. No one's touching the Miss Pac-Man. Everyone's touching like you know the 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 shooter game or Terminator. whatever the new one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm going to the Miss Pac-Man machine. It was set to the highest speed possible on like the dip <laughs> switch or whatever. So that's what I trained on though. So yeah. I'm just like, duh, 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 <laughs> like crushing it every single time. And I did that before literally every movie I watched at that theater. Yeah. So like just the idea of playing that game is instant, like nostalgia bomb for mm -hmm. my brain. Mm -hmm. uh, but just from a pure technical level, like, like why is it number three of all time? for the scale they're going for for the game that they want to make mm -hmm. it's obviously not skyrim it's obviously yeah. not anything that they you know it's not supposed to be though all it's supposed to be is these small levels you know slowly sped up ai ghosts going after you but for that it's perfect yeah. there are no flaws in it like fruit are dancing around four power-ups four enemies that's the game and yeah. once you get it like it's absolutely perfect it's it's part of that uh, old era of games where you know you, you go way back and they're all des designed that way right of just yeah. the simplest concepts yeah, yet I, executed so like perfectly. for me it's tetris yeah tetris another perfect yeah. game yeah where it's so simple it's like five shapes yeah maybe but it's timeless remember, but it's, it's timeless mm -hmm. everyone can Everyone, you can hand someone a controller and someone who doesn't play games can play Tetris. You can hand someone a controller and someone who doesn't play games can play Mrs. Pac-Man. It's the same thing. It's very simple yeah. but and, and easy to understand, yet it feels like there's so much depth there yeah. where you're like, oh, there's like you could go so far and, and do all these crazy things and learn all these tactics and what to do yeah. if you want to. But also, if you just want to kick back for, like you said, five minutes, play a, play a little bit of Miss Pac-Man, you can do that, which is cool. Mm -hmm. yeah. Which is cool. For me, or or for me, going to a bar around the corner from where I worked a couple of years ago and challenge people to a game of Miss Pac-Man for a beer. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I've got a couple free shots out of it myself. So again, so some some newer nostalgia, but nostalgia nonetheless. Yeah, of course, of course, you gotta love those old old arcades, man. My dad oh. uh, got a few years back got really into like arcades and stuff, and oh, we awesome. he spent like I, I want to say like. Twenty-five or thirty thousand dollars. He got a loan, and we drove down to Texas because we're in Oklahoma, by the way. So we drove down to Texas like six or seven hours, mm -hmm. and loaded up all these. It was like a forty-hour trip altogether. I crashed at the end of it, and loaded up all these like arcade machines and brought them wow. back. 
And just going through and playing like Centipede, uh, Dig Dug, uh, 1942, just all those classic arcade games oh. was just so fun. Like mm -hmm. just going in like, oh, what is this? The Simpsons and playing the Simpsons or oh, Team NT. Arkanoid, Robotron. Yes. Like I could go for days on those. I, yeah. Those are my favorite things. And it's just, and it's cool as like, as people who are so into gaming, you know, um, no offense, Bob Buell, but obviously we're like way young. So we weren't alive back then when all of those things came out. But, yeah, of course. Um, we can still play them and, and just appreciate like, oh, gaming, you, you, you look at The Last of Us 2 and then you look at Galaga and you're like, like, look at the difference, like how far gaming has come. Yeah. And that's a cool thing to do, to go back and play Dig Dug. And you're like, man, this used to be like the best of the best. Yeah. Well, and I, I love it and appreciate it because it's, it, it gives you a connection to people who wouldn't necessarily consider themselves gamers. Mm -hmm. My mom can kick my butt at Mortal Kombat too. <laughs> and she'll always play Galaga when we go to like Dave and Buster's or yeah, something like but that. She'll, she's like the, she'll call the Xbox the Nintendo type of thing. Uh, she's more, she's smarter than okay, that. Okay. Give her some respect. <laughs> my mom does that too, where it's like, you know, like you have the Xbox and stuff and it's, mm -hmm. it's always, or like, especially my grandma, like, Oh, you yeah. got that new Nintendo. And I'm like, yeah, but new it, Nintendo. It, it gives us something to connect with. And I, I enjoy playing Mortal Kombat with my mom. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, Cause that's what her thing was when she was young. She'd go to the arcade, play Mortal Kombat, mm -hmm. and it's just like that's something that's so important in my life. Yeah, that the fact that she even has a little bit of it. Yeah, I love that. There's that connection there. That is a setting I miss. You know, COVID has made me miss a lot of things. The movie theater specifically. The biggest one. Oh, um, yeah. But going to an arcade would be quite nice. I'm not gonna lie. It mm -hmm. would be nice. Too bad we can't. But. I would love to go to an arcade. That was one of the fun things about PAX, you know? They always yeah. have that arcade room. And I always like going up there. And you can guarantee if there's a Guitar Hero 3 in an arcade room, I'm going to be playing it, mm. of course. But oh, I, yeah. just, I, I would I would it. go to a ton of different conventions. And I brought a little Raspberry Pi with Windjammers, oh. an old arcade game on it, yeah. and set it up in like the hotel room of a PAX or a Comic-Con or an Anime-Con or whatever it is. And like eight nine of us jammed in that hotel room just like all right i'm next i'm next mm -hmm. <laughs> playing wind jammers all night it's uh, it's unbelievable awesome. it's, so, it's the best feeling yeah of course of course on to number two mm -hmm. my number two pick now this is where we finally turn the clock back a little ways because all my all mine in here are pretty recent mm -hmm. but uh you turn the clock back to 2002 2003 maybe a little later it's probably later than that Legend of Zelda Wind Waker is my number two Ooh. pick. Um, there's someone at IGN. I can't remember their name because I don't listen to the Nintendo voice chat anymore. Uh, I got too many podcasts I listen to. But his favorite game is is Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. Um, and I will s spoil a little bit for my number one pick. How dare you. Legend of Zelda Wind Waker was my number one until <gasps> this last year. So, uh, you know, a little spoiler for what's coming up. But Wind Waker, to me, is just such a great game now yeah. hey seven out of ten too much water i'll accept it okay i understand that there's too much water in that game i get it now in the remaster they did shrink the size of the map which is nice and they added some new stuff i really hope they bring the switch by the way please do that but also i just have so much joy and that's one of those things like you you were saying your memories around the game really mm -hmm. shape your list this one is that way for me i just have so many memories going over to my cousin matt's house and and he had a gamecube with this game and just playing it and being dumb kids so we don't understand what we're doing and getting to like Dragon Roost Island and then getting stuck and because we're dumb and we couldn't figure out how to get in further and this was before the era of just you know being able to pull a smartphone out and be like hey look this thing up um, we would just start over right yeah. and just get back to Dragon Roost Island <laughs> and, and not know what to do again and it was the same thing and as the years went by it took me ultimately like 10 years to finally beat Wind Waker 
but I just played like I would get further and further and then start over and further. And because I was just that era, you know, you all your money was birthdays and Christmas. Yep. And so you got like one or two games a year and you'd be super excited. But Matt always had Wind Waker and I could mm. always go to Matt's and play Wind Waker. And I just there's just so much joy from that game. And I've beat that game. I don't even know how many times on the hero mode, on the regular mode. I 100 percented it so many times. I just love it. The cell shaded nature of it is great. I think the the uh, the, the the story um, is 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 good. It's not. I mean, it's nothing to to, to like really be like, oh my god, the story's amazing because yeah. I mean, it's Legend of Zelda. Let's be honest. The the Nintendo stories are never what you go to play those games for. Um, but ultimately, I liked it. And it, it just there's so much stuff in those games, like getting the camera and being able to take pictures of stuff and then yeah. take it back to this dude who'll make little statues of it for you, reminiscent of like Smash Bros. Mm-hmm. trophies. That was cool. Um, just all the little secret side mission type things you could do where you would talk to someone and they would say like some off the wall thing and you'd be like, huh, I wonder if I could. And then you would go do something and then come back and then they'd be like, oh, yeah, you did the thing. And they would give you like a the, like a piece, you know, nothing is better than I, I don't know if you've seen this game or played this game, but. The, there's there's a mission in there where you go into a windmill and you have to play like battleship and there's a dude in there and he he'll tell you if you like hit like he he makes like audio noise mm-hmm. and like his stupid goofy noises where he's like and like every time you hit or you don't hit like when you miss Does, like, he makes like a kerplunk or something he, when I, you <laughs> I think he says uh, sploosh he's like sploosh <laughs> he does it every time and it's so goofy and yet I love it cuz that that entire game just knows exactly uh, exactly what it wants to be mm. and it was cool you know every single aspect the tower of god and then going down to the hyrule castle and then fighting all those enemies and then just feeling more badass when you got the master sword and it's the classic zelda formula but i feel like it it switched it up a little bit with the sailing it's cool being able to sail anywhere right yeah. it's, it was kind of the first zelda game like don't get me wrong ocarina of time and those games are all open but for me wind waker just felt even more open like yeah. i could go anywhere and then get in the fast travel there's an argument to be made that you should get it way earlier because of how big in quotes that game is and how much you're just sailing and all the time but i just get so much joy from that game and i could whistle all the tunes and if if someone says you know sings the first couple of notes of just any song i'll sing the whole rest of it like i just ah, i love that game so much and my another thing is my brother shares that love um with that game uh, or for that game with me and that's another cool thing of him yeah. also having that, you know, when Outset Island, the song comes on and me and him just being able to like sing at the top of our lungs that, that, that damn song. It's just so fun and good. And uh, Wind Waker is just one of those games where um, if, if someone wants to get into the Zelda games, I'm always like, hey, this one is good. Um, but I understand too much water. I, I, I will accept <laughs> that criticism. I will I, like uh, it's it sucks that that's like, you know, one of the most iconic IGN things of yeah. seven out of ten too much water. But. God, that game's so good. I just love every aspect of it completely. It's really good. It is quite, quite good. And I've played it on GameCube, Wii, Wii U. I've, you know, I've played it on all of them. And, it, I mean, it has to be coming to Switch, right? Like, please. <laughs> it would be a print money. So, like, yeah, it has to. Like, please I, bring it to Switch. I assume. I don't know anything Nintendo does anymore. They make no sense to uh, me. Yeah, that's true. So, lately they've been kind of off the it. wall with their announcements mm-hmm. and whatnot. But, yeah, Wind Waker, what a beautiful game. Number two for me. It's gorgeous. And, and and just real quick on it, uh, I do remember because, you know, at the time there was a lot of controversy about like the art style of it, of course. like cell shaded. Oh, my God. Especially because they showed off a tech demo that was like mm-hmm. super realistic and gritty looking. And yeah. they were like, you oh, know, realistic kids at the time, game. obviously. But yeah, it was like, oh, this is this is the, the kid Zelda. This is Zelda. This is cell shaded Zelda. <laughs> and it was like, 
there's a reason they do it once you play through the game and i'm sure you you know this like the whole game is all about like the innocence of this kid Mm -hmm. and then like once you see the enemies there there are some enemies that are like really like dark souls level creepy looking they are and and they do such a great job of like clashing of those two themes and that's what the whole thing is about that's why the water washed over the previous kingdom and all that kind of stuff like the the narrative they're going for matches up with the art style and it's Mm -hmm. it's a beautiful game and i love absolutely gorgeous i love the uh what's his name king of lions king a king of red lions king of red lions that's what it is i i love him i love that boat i I love yeah i love the mission where you got to sneak through the town to get the sail um to get the upgraded sail uh there's the one where you gotta like creep because this, he, you think this lady's like stealing stuff, and you have to like help the shopkeeper, and you gotta sneak through the dark because mm-hmm. you can change the time of day at that point, and you like sneak and you find her, and you find out she's stealing, but then she's like, I gotta feed my family. It's so great. <laughs> I just love every <laughs> aspect of it. It's just such a joyous game for me. But that was a big point of contention back in the day. People were like, Man, this game's made for kids, and it's dumb, but it ain't dumb. And I think the audio design in that game is good too. Nothing, n- nothing is quite as exciting as like when the A button prompt pops up real quick when you can like do like a quick dodge or whatever. Yep. Oh, and it's like, shing, and that noise is just so great. Like it gets me going every time I hear it. But yep, that's my number two. What you got for me, Mike? Number two. So this is the newest game on my list. Um, and it wasn't in my original list. So number two for me is Hades. Ooh. Wow. No, this was my game of the year. Okay. Um, and I didn't realize I'd love it as much as I do. And I've talked about it because we do a yep. podcast. I talk about it all the time. All the time. And um, Very worth being talked about all the time. Yes. It must be noted. That game is my perfect game. Like, the way it is built from the top to the bottom to the voice acting, the story, God, the, voice the, the music, the Oof. gameplay. Um, I just, I love it so much. Mm-hmm. They, they do a beautiful job at just at making gameplay that's repetitive, not repetitive. Yeah. Um, Feel, I, it feels like, I think, um, not to hijack your, your no, thing good, here, but, uh, you know, as the classic roguelike problem of, mm-hmm. like, feeling like nothing's happening. Like, uh, don't get me wrong. I love Binding of Isaac, but you sometimes but I, you feel so like... I couldn't get into Binding yeah, of Isaac. Sometimes you, you feel like, Dude, there's nothing, like, I'm not accomplishing anything. Yeah. Even in Dead Cells that has progression, you're like, there's a few mm-hmm. runs there where you're like, nothing happens. But in yeah. Hades, you got people to talk to. There's, Every it, it run, there's always something. feels like something you're, is happening. You might talk to Hypnos, and he's like, oh, wow, you made it further than usual. That's kind of crazy, man. Yeah. Or, or you'll talk to dialogue. your dad. You'll you'll talk to um, Achilles. You'll talk to Medic. Like, mm-hmm. and they'll always have something cool to say. Something new, uh, which is yeah. the the coolest part. Is it feels like there's always something not, new. Like, how is the dialogue not repeated at yeah, this point at, at all? And then you are constantly unlocking new mechanics. Even when I had beat the game the first time, I was like, okay, I assume we've kind of seen the the yeah. depth of this game. And they introduced the heat, and then they introduced heat, and there's like. 12 different ways that you can amp mm-hmm. up the game or change the, make the difficulty n- new somewhere. boss fights even yeah and then you know you have the darkness you have the gems um i never realized i'd be fishing and i unlocked fishing <laughs> like there's there's <laughs> countless things you're unlocking um throughout the game that just change it yeah and then i think I, I know the, you haven't beat the story completely nope. I've, I've got four wins or five wins yeah under my belt. did you play it bob oh yeah I, I put a lot of time into it i haven't beaten it yet Okay. Uh, I haven't even cleared it once, uh, but I, I I really loved my time. Well, here's it. some yeah. inspiration for you. That I I've beaten it ten times, and the way it plays out is so just rewarding. I mm-hmm. feel like um, for that tenth completion. Yeah, for the tenth completion, it it just I don't know. And mm-hmm. a game's never made me feel like so rewarded. Mm-hmm. Not like you know. I think the pacing and I think the best 
term for it is like the power curve yeah. of, of somehow Ooh. throughout all of it, you still feel like, like, how am I getting more power? Like, yeah. how does this feel like the difficulty is increasing yet? I'm also mm-hmm. getting more powerful to, to eventually meet that new difficulty. Like yeah. it somehow manages to accomplish and, that. And one, one thing I appreciate about, appreciate about the game the most is that at the beginning, it feels like you're fighting with, between uh, gods and stuff like that. But by the end, it feels so human <laughs> and it feels so realistic yeah. that you're just honestly in an argument with your father. Yeah. Um, and you're trying to, you know, get your mother and father to be on the same page or something mm-hmm. like that. It just feels so real um, at near the end. Um, and I think that evolution is what makes this game so good. Yeah. Is that it evolves in every aspect. Makes know? me wonder, you know, when's the music, Microsoft The music evolves well, as you go through it. Uh, you know, <laughs> unlocking your at IC and... Um, What's the what's the other guy's name? The music guy. The music guy. Who? Uh, the one that's oh oh oh. Orpheus. Orpheus. Orpheus? I, no, that's that's the Matrix. I don't oh. know. I forget <laughs> his name. Uh, but it's just oh, so much evolves oh. throughout. I'm looking at the the gameplay. It's just I, it's so good. I love that game so much, and it might be recency bias. I don't think it is, but uh, I I just enjoy that game so much, and I'm a fan of roguelikes. Um, Darkest Dungeon was a game I loved a lot. Oh, it is Orpheus. It is Orpheus. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. And like I agree with you talking about like Binding of Isaac, I can't get into that one because I, I do just love don't that feel game. like there's. I do love that game, but I will. Have I think to it's say very it. good at what it is. Yeah, I just don't enjoy it mm-hmm. for those reasons. And, and it's I think also Hades completely fixes that. It's it's hard to get over the 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 grossness of Binding of Isaac. Like yeah, the whole aesthetic. That too. I don't. I, I the don't whole care aesthetic for that, is but, like being gross and yeah. dirty, whereas Hades is you know every character in that game is super mm-hmm. sexy. Like every yeah. single character, yeah. Hades is the sexiest hell possible. Oh, like yeah. <laughs> every single character, you're like, dang. Nice, like every time. I it love is, all the. It's just designs. so good, man. I want to go play Hades right now. Like, <laughs> it is. Uh, I had I I did enjoy my time with it. I didn't quite put it as high. I think it it landed at number eight or number seven in my top ten mm-hmm. of the year. But I have to acknowledge, like, one, what that means for indie games. Two, what yeah. that means for the roguelike genre. I think a lot of people who hate roguelites really loved Hades, yeah. and I think a lot of people who. You know, because there's still, unfortunately, a ton of people in the gaming sphere that just don't give the time of day to indies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like it's not something that's taken yeah, seriously yet. Because you I know, how do you, like you know, Bob Buell wouldn't have had his his wonderful time with uh, the Witness if not, you know, because he he plays indie games, obviously. Yeah. And so you can have a game. There's just beautiful games to have, and to see a game like Hades be recognized on the, you know, in, the as a game awards, the highest yeah. echelon possible, is it, great. So. And, and you can't really deny what they accomplished with that game. Mm-hmm. Even though it didn't resonate as much with me, I can't appreciate, you know, the adaptive dialogue, yeah. the, the gameplay. And, and falling in love with that game early on, when I first saw it, the gameplay back when it was doing their, I guess their open beta, I don't know mm-hmm. what it was, but I, I watched the, the gameplay play beforehand and I fell in love with it then. And I was like, I can't wait for this game to come out mm-hmm. on Switch. I'll play it then. Um, and watching that story of Supergiant's, you know, newest game oh, yeah. go from being what it was to game of the year contender mm-hmm. it was just amazing yeah so it was a, it was a wonderful story arc to, to mm-hmm. witness i to love that game there. so much so that's my number two what's your choice great choice uh number two and again i'm gonna be an old man for a minute here <laughs> <laughs> uh super mario brothers three three okay i was finna say yeah. i was hoping you three. said three <laughs> Listen, no, no shade against one or two. I, I love one a lot. I put a lot of time into Mario Thirty Five this year. Mm-hmm. Um, two is very good in in its own accord, but a totally different game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but three to me is the best two D Mario, and I know that's maybe controversial because people love World and 
Mm-hmm. There, there, there's a bunch of newer ones that do it really well. But in terms of 2D Mario, Mario 3 just like, I, I think I'm going to steal the the quote from Dan Reichert, but I think he said it was like a cartoon. It's the closest thing to a cartoon in a video game, like yeah. a Saturday morning cartoon as portrayed in a video game. That's like, that's basically that, that, what you're playing. That is the best way to put it. Mm. It's, it's like everything is colorful. Everything, everything even has a little bit more flair than it needs to. Like I, I, I the game opens with this giant red curtain like you're in a theater show and like the blocks that you jump on that you know in any other game would just be free floating there for no good reason mm-hmm. have little like screw holes in them so it looks like they've been like screwed to the back of the wall mm-hmm. which like you know in the era of ps4 ps5 it's it's becoming more commonly done because they have the time they have the people they have the staff they have the assets to do it Mm -hmm. but for a nintendo game nes game to have this level of detail in it was like unheard of to look at original mario brothers and mario 3 Mm -hmm. and saying both of these were on the same console (laughs) yeah it's pretty crazy you you would go no you're lying there's clearly something in between (laughs) Uh, it's it's just the you know as perfect as that 2D Mario formula is Mario three hit it like that's mm-hmm. that's the perfect 2D platformer it's it's tight it's got a ton of surface level stuff you can get to the end just by playing it normally but it has so much secret content if you want to find the secret whistles if you find want to find <sighs> secret toad houses all this kind of stuff like you can beat it in probably i don't know 40 minutes if you really wanted to if you yeah. were really great at it um it's it's great on every level it's mm-hmm. it's my perfect 2d mario platformer and it just same same thing with what uh, keeps coming up here it just brings me so much joy yeah, yeah. there's nothing in that game that's like I'm going to snap a controller in frustration. It's all about just going like, look at this. Look at this one gimmick that like they they use in this one level that's just super fun mm-hmm. and has, you know, a Karibo shoe. Mm-hmm. Like there's no reason oh, that shoe. needs to be in there. We're in a little shoe, shoe hopping around. Like it shows up maybe in two levels <laughs> in the whole game. I forgot about that shoe. But they put it in there just because, or the frog suit, which Uh is useless in normal levels. But when you're underwater, you're just like the greatest swimmer of all time. (laughs) It has, it does so many weird things. It has one world where everything is oversized, where you're like a tiny Mario in an oversized world. Mm -hmm. So you play through like classic Mario one, one, but every block is like a third of the screen. Like, there's no reason they should have done that, especially <laughs> on an NES, but they did. And it, it, it just shows that so much love was put into that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's phenomenal. It's my favorite yeah. Mario and it's my favorite 2d Mario. That, yeah, that is what I was going to say. I think that that is a testament to just, especially when you, when you turn the clock back that far to those, to those older games, it, it feels like there's just so much like more like specific love put into yeah, those You can games. tell on that one. You can see where like, Wow, like someone just someone just sat back and they just made this thing that didn't really need to be here, but 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 here it is because, you know, the person had passion about what they were creating. And that's that is yeah. one of those games I think that has that that this shines with that specific thing. And I, honestly, I think that's just maybe that's just Nintendo as a whole, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot well, of because a lot of the reasons for what you were describing, um, Super Mario Three. That's the same thing for like me and Odyssey. Yeah. That's like my perfect 100%. 3D platformer mm-hmm. Mario. Um, for the yeah. same reasons. It's just like everything is, you know, 
put there for a reason. Um, it's all kind of made in love, you feel like. Mm-hmm. And it's just joyous in every way. There's no moments where you want to snap a controller. Yeah. And if it is, it's because I'm bad at the game. <laughs> yeah. It's never because of bad game yeah. design, in my opinion. It's, it's the Miyamoto yeah. classic. So I get that. The classic Miyamoto, Miyamoto interview where he said, like, you know, in Mario, specifically talking about Mario 64, was mm-hmm. like, you know, we just put blocks in a room that was just bland and we had people running around jumping and that's how we made the triple jump and we made it fun and great before we put all of the rest of the stuff in it mm. and and that's that same type of thing where you just you could tell there's just so much attention to detail and specific things that that are just just great there's not a lot in those games that are that's annoying you're never yeah. like man and and I think yeah. also that works in Hades too where it's like in Hades, every single input I did I always felt like was ex- like everything that happened on screen was exactly what I wanted to happen. Yeah, how I intended it. And yeah. I feel like it's the same thing in a lot of the Mario games, not just Mario Three. Of, you know, I it, it did exactly what I wanted, mm-hmm. and and if I screw up, it's it's because I suck. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't because yeah. the game did anything, or you know, I, I love them. You gotta love those Mario games. And Super Mario Three is a good pick. I appreciate that pick. It's it's phenomenal. It's my favorite. I know I know the the argument at least for me growing up was always world versus three. Mm-hmm. I still lean three. I'm not I'm not you know I'm not attacking world by any <laughs> means. It's very very good. Of course, but for me three always holds that spot. Three is nice. On to our number one picks. So my oh, number one big. pick. Um, I've talked about it a lot. So anyone who listens to the show probably already knows, but. Mm-hmm. This could be a hot take because of how recent hasn't even been a year since this game came out. Yeah. Final Fantasy VII Remake is my favorite game of all time. Now, let me rationalize this for you here, Bob. You're going to need to. I understand the recency bias. I come from... That doesn't make any sense. I play games, specific games, and and an area of games that I don't play is JRPGs. Mm -hmm. I do not play JRPGs. I can get into some of Pokemon. I think that's different. You know, people tell me I'm wrong, but I think that's different. No, I think it's different. But I can't get into Dragon Quest. I can't get into regular Final Fantasy. No Persona. I can't get into Persona. I tried Nino Cooney. Like I, every every attempt I can to get into these games, I've made an attempt because I un, like the people who love JRPGs, like especially like you, they yeah. love them so much and they express yeah. so much so much love and so much excitement around them that I I just I have. Anyone who knows me personally knows that FOMO is one of my biggest flaws. And so I just want to be involved. I want to be in with them too. So I've tried them all and I can't. And obviously Final Fantasy VII Remake isn't a traditional JRPG. But going into it, I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. Now, one of the things I talk about when I talk about this this game is how much I cried like a baby through the entirety (laughs) of it. And not just during sad moments, Bob. That's true. Any moment. Like, I don't want to spoil big aspects of the game, but like the Hell House fight, right? Even that yeah. fight, just even though I never played the original, I have no nostalgia for finding. This is a what I was about to ask. Yeah, did you play the original I, seven? Because I think that changes a lot of factors here. I didn't play the original seven yet. Wow. Even the Hell House fight brought me to tears, despite not having the the nostalgia for finding a random house on a highway in the original. Right? I I don't <laughs> I don't have those connections, and and I understand a lot of people have a problem with the ending of that game a lot of people who played the original have a a massive problem with the ending of that game and a lot of people who didn't have a problem with it because frankly i i can't defend it completely it's confusing and it doesn't make a lot of sense especially for people who's never never played any of those games like that ending is kind of like what the hell's going on Mm -hmm. um yet for me i was just like this is awesome like this is just (laughs) so great and every aspect you know when you first meet Aerith. um when uh, Collapsed Expressway, when that song comes on, when you're in Chapter 8, finna 
I will admit the hand puzzle in the tunnel that that part of the game sucks. It's, t- it's so dumb. I hate <laughs> yeah, it's not the, the best. <laughs> I, I hate that part. But leading up, when that song starts playing, I was like, "Why is this song bringing me to tears?" I, and I had a big conversation about this with Trey, with yeah. with friend of the show Trey Blackburn, and he was saying, "You know, have you thought about what was going on in your life around playing this game, and and, and is that?" which shaped your view of this. And I think there's a certain aspect that did. That's when, you know, COVID was first happening. Everything was extremely stressful. We were wondering about the future of our lives, let alone the the game industry as a whole. Obviously the game industry had no problem. I mean, obviously there's development problems, but is really experienced a lot of growth. Act act on it and and change. And it didn't crash like I expected it to. Um, But there was a lot of stressful stuff like am i gonna lose my job am i gonna is everything gonna be okay like are, are we gonna die you know it was really mm-hmm. crazy in the beginning and yet th- this game was like th- it like grounded me i guess and just every aspect of that game just just oh just i think you tears. specifically fell in so in love with the characters i do I, like that's the thing i talk about it sucks that we're still so far away from final fantasy remake part two for me mm-hmm. it hasn't even been a year since the first one and i'm so stoked for the second one because i miss those characters yeah i feel such yeah. an attachment to those characters i didn't expect I, you know in the beginning i was like man cloud is just an edgy no emotion edgelord guy and mm-hmm. i don't like him but by the end i was like oh man cloud so great and every character you know barrett's monologue in the in the elevator about the can't you hear the planet mm-hmm. you know even that just gets yeah. me going every time i'm like oh god i'm you know i'm gonna cry and i just don't know what it is but every aspect of that game brings me two tears or close to tears um, and I, and I understand there's, there's a lot of stuff in there that didn't do it for a lot of people. Um, you know, th- there's, is some tedium, especially when it comes to the side questing and things like that. Yeah. Uh, but every single aspect for me just hit, hit the mark every single time, mm-hmm. every side yeah. quest, every character interaction. Um, there was some stuff, you know, like the door texture that never loaded that was yeah. always weird but, but i mean looking back on it we've played cyberpunk and we've conquered a lot more than <laughs> after <that>. cyberpunk <laughs> i got so much forgiveness for small bugs man mm-hmm. but specifically in final fantasy just every everything just every single thing i did or character interaction or cutscene, i was like why am i about to cry right now i, I do not the the cross-dressing scene the dance scene everything was just so perfect uh, for me yeah. was so perfect for me mm-hmm. uh i just i loved it so much and and I just want other people to experience it as well. Yeah, it, it was at least four or five on my top of the year list mm-hmm. for sure. And this is coming from someone who uh, is a big fan of JRPGs. Like yeah, I, I was same. just looking over my you know top whatever thirty or forty that I have here, and yeah, Pokemon Silver, Fantasy Star Four is on here, mm-hmm. uh, Final Fantasy Nine, Final Fantasy Six. Like I have a, a several Chrono Trigger. I have several oh, other ones that are on here. Um, and yeah, a, a lot of this stuff that you said is like, this is, you know, I don't want to open a floodgate, but a lot of the stuff that you're really loving about this is kind of a thing in modern JRPGs. You mm-hmm. might want to check a couple of them out. I've, I've, I've been but... trying. I keep trying. Bob. I keep trying. <laughs> I, I make an attempt every time. I don't like yeah. Dragon Quest 11. I played two hours. I didn't like it. And I, I've just tried. I keep trying. Nino Kuni was the one I got the furthest in. Yeah. I got 20 hours into Nino Kuni 2. And then it just got a little too tedious for me. Um, I've tried a little bit of um, which call it. Couldn't Yakuza. get you into Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts. I've uh, yeah, just I don't know. I just can't. I, I'm gonna keep the, trying. The, I might find the, the one. I, 
the one I'll recommend, and it's it's older, so you know you got to deal with some pixelated graphics, but I think they're gorgeous. Final Fantasy VI, like there, it shows up in a lot of people's best Final Fantasy list. It's my second favorite Final Fantasy of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like nine a little better, but it's not for everyone. Uh, six is for everyone, and mm-hmm. it sets the tone so early. It's it's a world that's shockingly similar to seven. Mm-hmm. Like there's a reason that's six and that's seven. Like yeah. you could tell the inspirations they took. Um, I would say it's worth checking out. I, I six is one that I, I have on my list. A JRPG I do want to go back and play is um, Chrono Trigger that you you said earlier. Oh, that's one that right. I I've missed, but I listened to the um, the MinMax uh, deep dive on Chrono Trigger that they did. And I loved it, and I, I I hear so much good stuff about that game, and I keep going, like keep attempt not attempting, but keep almost making an attempt yeah. to be like, hey, am I gonna am I gonna do it this time? Am I gonna boot it up? I mean, and now I, would be the best time. And I haven't, yeah. We are in a in an area of like nothing's coming out, but yeah, I it's one that I wanna I wanna try, but I haven't quite haven't quite got there. So yeah, all right, that's my number one. Phenomenal oh, game. I liked it too. Uh, Oh, okay. fantastic! You were frozen there for a second, but you're you're back. Oh, we're good to good. go. He's we're good. good to go now. Okay, um, <laughs> but that's my number one. My number one. Um, this one's like purely, purely memories and nostalgia. Is Minecraft? I love this pick um, so much. Ooh, I like it. I I think it's a very simple game. At the end of the day, it is. Uh, especially, and it's it's grown, but it can be complex. In the past ten years, if you get into mods and stuff. Yeah, it's as big as you want that game to be. Of course. Yeah. Um, you know it. And just the memories I have with this. The same reason you like Wind Waker because you share that with your brother. Mm-hmm. It's the one game me and my brother have in common. Yeah. There's not a lot. Yeah. My, me and my brother both like games. There's, but we, there's a we reason. Don't overlap at all. There's a reason it's the best selling game of all time. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. it was just something we could both play and share. And me being five years older than him didn't have an impact on whether mm-hmm. we could both understand what we were doing. Yes. Um, we were just both having a, a really fun time. And then. You know, get to college, get to high school. Every step, I was able to share that game with somebody. I was playing it with my classmates in high school. I was playing it with my roommates in college. I played it with Tim. I, yep. you know, and then every year, it seems to get its resurgence. Yeah, somewhere in the summer, some, we always try and boot it up. Yeah, like, sometime in the summer, we'll start a server, or someone will be like, "Hey, I'm kind of craving Minecraft." And then there's two weeks where we're just in. Yeah, and completely. <laughs> and it's just every time I enjoy it so much. Of course. If I had, you know, that's when if I had infinite time, I, it, it'd be in my rotation constantly. All the time, yeah. Because it's just, even though you always start the game the same, mm-hmm. um, I still enjoy it. Yeah, and it feels different every, every time. time you build your first house. You're like, all right, I'm, I'm gonna great. do this. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna I build, got new ideas yeah. this time. Build a farm. Build a, uh, this. Yeah, and then there's just so many good memories every time. And then every now and then, you boot right up now. Minecraft and you're like, <laughs> let me go look at my old worlds. You know, yeah. let me let me go look at this world I have from like 2014. Mm-hmm. And you see all these old, old things you did. Um, do memories you have with your friends. It's just crazy. And the thing is, there's not many games where you can do that. Like look on what you did mm-hmm. um, and create it. Yeah. You know. You can look at your save file for Pokemon, yeah. but it's not, you know, it's not the same feeling to me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I mean, there, I there's a reason that, like, you know, if you go to a toy store today or if you go to a toy store in 1931, mm-hmm. like Legos are on the shelf. Yes, mm-hmm. it's it. They this is the digital version of that. This yeah. is as customizable as it's a one player game. It's a two player game. It's an 80 person game. It's, yeah, like it's it. <laughs> It's absolutely everything. It's it's the you know it's the closest interpretation to what Legos can do, but in in digital form and mm. possibly more. And it, 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 it you perfectly sums up. It's the reason it's the most 
it's a best-selling game of all time. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's amazing. 100%. And somehow my dad uses the fact that it's just Legos in a video game as a criticism. I don't understand how <laughs> I think that's that. a, it's an amazing selling point for yeah, it. For me, it's just, you can, especially, you know, with, with creative mode um, and things like that, you could just, you could do any, you could do anything you want. You I can. literally played Pokemon in Minecraft. Yeah. Like, Oh yeah, you could. Wow. Yeah, like, you know people who crazy. build the computers and stuff. Well, even that, like they they did Pixelmon, right? Mm-hmm. That was a big oh, thing. Oh yeah, for, I forgot for about like, Pixelmon. Yeah, I, I think that was like 2014. I did a lot of I did a lot of pixel art um, back in the day when I had Minecraft Pocket Edition. Yep. I've played Minecraft on every possible platform known mm-hmm. to man. I, I just I kind I kind of want to play right now. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it, it's just <laughs> such a good time sink, and I I just love it so much, man. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people. I feel like Minecraft is another game that people who aren't super into games can uh, or have played and been like, this is fun. Yeah. Um, it's still the hurdle of dual analog to get over. Um, but I, I, I feel like Minecraft like is just a game even like, you know, Pebble, which is my little sister, she is not a gamer, but mm-hmm. she's played the hell out of Minecraft. Yeah. And and so many people I know are that way. And, and it gives me it gives me something to connect with, like, yeah. I guess the generation uh, ap- after me. Yeah. That. You know, seeing ten year old yeah. or, or your brother would play Minecraft or my brother, and we like, just—that's my connection. We just talked about it on the last podcast we did. Minecraft is the most watched thing this year. Yeah, and it's crazy. Every year, it still gets bigger and it was, bigger. What was it? A hundred billion? It was two hundred, and like the next was seventy-seven. Yeah, so it's like, like two hundred million hours or two hundred. It was a hundred billion crazy. hours total watched on mine uh, on YouTube gaming, and then Minecraft had made up like. The biggest it was portion twice of that. as much as the next game yeah by a mile and wow. it's just it's, it's just, just crazy, crazy how huge that game still is because for us it almost feels like that game has come and gone yeah and it's something we revisit but yeah. for it's still yeah, the biggest you, game you look at dream mm-hmm. recently he's he's big like i can think back to all the old minecraft youtubers i used to watch as a child mm-hmm. and then somehow kids coming up now are still like they got their own minecraft yeah, they, they got people yeah. take up the mantle and it's it's just crazy how that game has stayed Number relevant one. relevant yeah, yeah relevant yeah and as much as we thought the microsoft purchase was going to kill that game i think it's done a ton to to further that game in yeah. a better way which is nice to just see made it more available and accessible to people because i remember when microsoft bought them and everyone was like it's over it's done like mm-hmm. minecraft is it's it this is it it's the end times yeah. and then turns out actually quite not it's actually really good now it's cross play and uh. and i think it's just a game that so many people have good memories with I, oh yeah i think it's Okay, we're back. We had a problem with the uh, video software. We ran out of space, but luckily we recorded an FLV, so the file's not gone like that one we're week good. a few months ago. And so we're, we're back in it, and we're going to start back with uh, Bobbiel's number one game of all time. Finish yeah. it off, Bob. Com- the computer said the content here was too good, so it <laughs> had to just give it a quick reboot where we're good. <laughs> all right, number one game of all time for me. And this is another case, just like you, how you were talking about uh, Pokemon before. Yes. If I could give this to a franchise, I would easily give it to the franchise of the game of this is. Mm-hmm. But it's Metal Gear Solid Ooh, One. One. Okay. One specifically. Now, again, if I if I'm looking at my top, you know, forty or so that I ended up ranking here. Yeah. I have five just outside of the top five. Mm-hmm. I have two and three a little bit lower on the list, like. I adore this franchise, mm-hmm. but one is the game, and I it sounds super dramatic, but Metal Gear Solid 1 changed how what I thought a video game could do. Okay. Like, yeah. I didn't think a game could be as cinematic as it was. I didn't think a game could 
make you think outside of the box of what a video game from a playability standpoint Mm -hmm. could do until metal gear solid one i didn't think a game could be as huge and bombastic with its story until metal gear solid one like all these things once i played it i was like oh this is like a medium this isn't just like i have you know fifty dollars and a couple hours to spare and i'm gonna play whatever like this could be a thing that is comparable to movies or books or like this is a real thing yeah and it all it all started with this game like yeah is it is it cheesy and over the top yes yes (laughs) does it does it feature you know does the franchise feature a villain who spits bees at you from a gun made of bees (laughs) yes (laughs) you you can't Uh, deny the goofiness of uh of Oh God! Now why is his name gone? Jesus. Hideo Kojima. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Sorry. Fake gamer. Kojima. Yeah, I'm a fake gamer. Shut him down. Shut him down. Uh, <laughs> it, but that's kind of its appeal to me. Like that's I was literally having this conversation before the show started. Like, why didn't Splinter Cell hit with me as much as Metal Gear did? Mm-hmm. And it's like Splinter Cell is a military game, and Metal Gear is a mo- action movie slash anime yeah. brought to life. <laughs> it really yeah. is um and that first game just exemplifies everything about it mm-hmm. that i love it's mm-hmm. it, it it's it's grounded just enough at first to get you hooked and then once you're already in that's when it sneaks up with like oh also there's a psychic and also there's a giant shaman with a minigun yeah. and also but like by that point you're like well i got to save the world like i already know my <laughs> mission so all this other stuff is just like icing on the cake it doesn't matter like i'm going to solve it it's yeah. just going to be time and place and the fact that it made you think outside the box to the point where like you can't solve a mission until you ha- read the back of your game box to get a radio code to call <laughs> someone that's the only way was, you can get that code was that the one or that your had psychomantis in it that is psychomantis yes. possibly the greatest boss of all time like mm-hmm. he he makes you think your playstation turned off yeah. he makes you think that you changed inputs on your television by letting it say video one in the yeah. corner yeah. on a black screen like <laughs> oh, you can't hit him unless you change the controller ports so yeah. he gets an exit out of your mind so he goofy. reads your memory card and tells you what you've been playing <laughs> yeah. like That's if you insane. fall into a lot of traps he'll call you clumsy to make fun of you in the game <laughs> like it's mind blowing what mm-hmm. they were able to do with this. And then there are twists at the tail end of the game that like rival any movie that you, you could never see coming in a million years. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, Oh my God, this is, this is huge. These are f- colossal twists. Uh, th- that game is like so much of everything that I love yeah. it, it. You know, when it, when I say it like changed how I thought video games could operate, it really did because it, it just did things so differently on such mm-hmm. a different level. I think it's crazy because they, I think what what you're talking about is them leaning into the fact that like we don't have to compete against movies. We can do the same thing, but also lean into the fact that we're a video game and push into that. Yeah. I think that's why a lot 100%. of people also love like the Yakuza franchise. <laughs> goofy. So goofy. that game, I think it kind of has the same things where it's like crazy weird, but it, st- it starts off normal enough to pull you in and then. Then it yep. shows you, yeah, we're a video game. We can do dumb stuff. We can, stuff. we can have fun with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that when games lean into that, it just makes them better games. Yeah. And and yeah. it sounds like Kojima does just, that. And just being hella anime. anime. Yeah. And you just got to love when games do that kind of stuff. I, I love it when it, it. Yeah, I know. It's it's not afraid to be a video game. Yeah. And yeah. I think that, that. Uh, worded perfectly. It's it's not afraid to, you know, it, this, is a, this is a medium where we have 
a controller in our hands. So we have yeah. some sort of feedback back and it, and it uses that. It's not just a passive experience where you have to watch it. Mm-hmm. And it uses that ability to mess with the player, not the character, but the player. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it does that in, every game i can think of an example i I could rattle off for 40 minutes about every game (laughs) in the series and why i love all of them but like there are moments in two that do the exact same thing where a character literally looks the player not the character but the player in the eye and says turn off your playstation 2 you've been playing this game for too long (laughs) like as a way to mess with your psyche Mm -hmm. like it's so it's so good uh Yeah. yeah metal gear solid one like all right yeah polygonal graphics haven't aged that well the controls are janky as all heck but like at the end of the day who cares at that Mm, point it's like having the greatest filet mignon ever but the (laughs) plate was a little gaudy it's like i don't care like i'm having the greatest steak ever i don't care if i have to use a plastic fork to eat it like uh yeah it's 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 metal gear solid one and or the franchise mm-hmm. yeah. by a mile you, you gotta love it you gotta love just kojima as a whole and and, uh, and hope i mean the rumors still but hopefully with the with the rumors that that sony might be buying metal gear from from uh konami you, yeah you might you might see a remaster one day you might see kojima back <sighs> at the reins that would be, I'd be, that'd be phenomenal. I would love to see a, a Metal Gear one, like the old NES yeah. MXX game. Yeah, I would love to see if there. they remade that one. Because that was the big rumor after five, because the story of it, like mm-hmm. it was set in the sixties and like cannot or I guess seventies in that one, maybe eighties, yep. uh, whatever. Uh, but <laughs> uh, you know, canonically the next game in this, in that timeline would be Metal Gear one. Yeah. And so everyone was like, Oh, they're going to, they're going to remake it. They're going to do something with that. And then obviously Konami like awesome. said, no, 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 no. There, there's so many uh, franchises like that that I feel like, um, you know, speaking of us, we're 22, that we haven't gotten to see the full depth of because, mm. you know, it's just, it's old and it, it's hard for us to go back to something like yeah. that. And I, I appreciate when they, when they remake old games. Um, yeah, because I know people love them, but it also just reintroduces the games to a new audience, you know. Yeah. So I'd love to see something like that, especially. I know we have the original somewhere over there. I think Tim's looking for it. Ah, <laughs> uh-huh, there it is. Metal. Gear. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Yep. MSX. Yep. I, I actually, at a Comic-Con, I bought a flask that is an NES cartridge that's hollowed out with a little top uh, uh-huh. that screws off that says Metal Beer Solid. Uh, that is great A stuff. <laughs> um, I yeah. I mean, solid it, picks. It, <laughs> solid picks all around. Uh, I, I love it but yeah great great number one picks all around before we wrap up this special bonus episode of the mm-hmm. Synced Up Podcast and thank Bob Beal for being here um, I would like to ask everyone for some for some honorable mentions you did say you had a, a massive oh. list Bob Beal if you could give said, me uh, one uh, give me two to three honorable mentions maybe a little bit uh, shorter in, in getting into them because um, yeah, I know course. we've been going a little long here mm-hmm. but um, what are some honorable mentions you have that didn't quite make the top five, but you think deserve to be given a little bit of a spotlight? Well, I'm going to ignore the Metal Gear ones because I, <laughs> I went off on those. I'm going to ignore the Final Fantasy ones because I went off on those a little bit. Uh, so the other ones in the top ten that I didn't really talk about were Cuphead. Oh, mm. I love Cuphead so much. Which I don't know if you could see it. I'm not sure which way I'm facing here. Uh, right about, I'm trying to 
there we go, right there-ish. Uh-huh. Uh, it's it's way back there. You could probably can't see it. It's actually I won it during an Extra Life charity auction. Mm-hmm. It's a hand painted animation cell oh, from Cuphead. That's like dope. it's it's of the Cuphead and Mugman like doing the little pose during the intro screen. Yeah, yeah. it's one of the things they actually hand painted for the game and that's, scanned that's it in. Super cool. cool. Um, I, I love that thing so much. Good choice. I love uh, the game. I it it's the perfect thing because I'm clearly you know biased to those old school platformer running guns of course and it's that but with oh my god what a gorgeous art style what a perfect so good the amount of like blood blood sweat and tears put into that like Mm -hmm. hand drawing everything Mm -hmm. only because they wanted to and it's only because they said it would look good and it it did does and it reflects well in in it like you can you can see it when you when you play the game you can see that that effort in there which yeah. is mm-hmm. it's just so nice so nice yeah cuphead i i adore and then the only one um other than that is uh, red dead redemption 2 oh, um i know again a, a lot of people feel strongly about it either way because mm-hmm. some people are like it's too slow why do you have to walk around camp blah 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 brush your horse but, yeah but <laughs> to me that's what made me feel at home in that world i agree the little the, the little things of like yeah you have to shave down every bullet but it's like but you're sitting around a campfire. You're hearing some old guy talk stories yeah. behind you. You're hearing somebody wash up the wagon yeah. over here. Oh, like that's nice. it felt like you were there. And and the game is so long that by the time you're done, it's like you really have to unplug yourself out of that yeah. Red Dead Matrix because yeah. you're you're so Engrossed. you know everything about it. You know your horse. You know your guns. You know the you, you know everything about it. Mm-hmm. So it, it really it really grabbed me. I and, loved. Uh, love that game I, I think it's in my top i think it's in my top 10 if it's not in my top 10 it's definitely in my in my top 20 yeah i have it at the 13th spot right here in, in my top top games of all time yeah that that, yeah, that game one story just made 10 it was uh oh that, so good. that game story did a lot for me and making me cry now i will have to admit here on air that i did not play the epilogue um criminal and a lot of people hate me for that a lot of people hate me for that but i i got two how do i how do i leave this podcast is there a button i <laughs> yeah, can just can hit, <laughs> leave Discord. yeah um i just i didn't play the first one so i have no no like um connection s- skip a minute if you don't want any spoilers for red dead redemption 2 <laughs> um Fair. i i had no i didn't really care to play as john marston because i didn't play the first one and not being able to play as Arthur Morgan affected me more than I expected it to in like an emotional way. Like I got to that and I just was like, I don't, I don't want to play this game if I'm not Arthur Morgan. Like I, I just His couldn't death do it. in that is powerful, it dude. Is like insanely ugh. powerful, and and nothing is better than you know, you know, I gave you all I had. You know, it's just so good when when he's laying there and I just can't. I I'm mm. so glad he won that game award that year. It, it, he very much deserved it. And Jesus, like, oh, it doesn't get any better than that, than that, that scene and that entire game. I think the nun scene is my favorite game. I was about to say that with him and the nun at the train station. Yes. That's my favorite one. That's yeah. my favorite scene by far. Just the, the human emotion and, and sadness in that scene is just like, mm. dang, like this is just heavy. It, 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 it cuts, it cuts so deep. It's, it's, mm. it's very oh. moving. It's very moving. Um, but onto a, a couple of my uh, honorable mentions here that I have. Um, so first and foremost, I would like to list Outer Wilds as an honorable mention. Ooh. Um, and, and I've I guess I've started to notice that a lot of games in, in my top are are decently recent in the last three or four years, which 
I don't know what that says about me. But if you look at my top 50, I got some oldies in here. Gun for the GameCube, you know? <laughs> Come on. Um, but anyway, nice. Outer Wilds, yeah. That game, I think that game's soundtrack is my favorite soundtrack of all time. It brings mm-hmm. me to tears just hearing it. We have the vinyl over there sitting in, in one of our shelves is the vinyl for that game. And it's in like this paper packaging with this pen, handwritten notes all over it. And it's super cool. That's but just awesome. every single song I hear in that game, I'm just like, why am I about to cry right now? Um, also, I have to admit, I'm extremely biased towards space and all things space. Big space guy. You know, I could I could sit here and talk to you for for five or six hours about physics and, and black holes and, you know, all the types of stuff there. Like if you want, like I could all, I could break it all down. I'm very biased towards space and whatnot. So I have to admit that, but I think Outer Wilds is, is a crazy game. And when you watch the, um, the no clip documentary on Outer Wilds, uh, that really opened my eyes and made me appreciate this game more when you mm-hmm. learn, like, for example, in that game, you don't jump, the world moves around you in like in the code which i thought was super cool because they just couldn't accomplish it because there's just so much like moving at once that when you would jump it would just break their game so instead of jumping they just make the world just move out from under your feet and you fall back to the thing which i thought was really cool Mm, Um, so i really like that and then uh one other honorable mention i'll stay on the the indie game train here uh what remains of edith finch uh, affected me phenomenal yeah it affected me uh profoundly uh despite being such a short experience it I I was affected by that game longer than the the runtime of that game. It it really just it hit me so hard and and it um I think just it was another one of those games that kind of showed me like games can tell incredible stories. Like they can tell stories just up to the echelon of of movies and books. And I know there's a lot of people who don't agree with that. I think it's um uh is that, is that Sam Claiborne on IGN, one of the IGN guys that's on the Game Scoop all the time. Um, he thinks video game stories is like the worst part of video games. He doesn't think they really live up to the other things. And I know there's a lot of people out there that have that that vision, but there's just so many games I would point them to to prove them wrong. And Edith Finch is one of them. And sure, walking simulator. It is a walking simulator. I never use that term uh, negatively. I like walking simulators very yeah. much. Uh, yeah. Everyone's gone to the Rapture, the Vanishing of Ethan Carter. Um, but what remains of Edith Finch was just, oh, and the ending, and just every little, every little vignette and story. Jordan, he's our, he's our guy doing the ones and twos. He also played Edith Finch after my recommendation late at night, and expected to turn it off a little while later, and ended up playing the whole thing. <laughs> like stayed up super late and played that whole thing, and then we talked yeah. about it, and and we, I always, sometimes I always, I have it there, and I always almost click on it to play it again because it's so short, and and it's just such a wonderful experience for me. But those yeah. are my I, I, I think it's kind of similar to how I was saying about uh, Miss Pac-Man. Like, it knows what it wants to be, mm-hmm. and I think it's pretty perfect for yeah, what it is. 100%. Like, I, I, I adore that game. I do as well. What do you got for a couple honorable mentions, Mike, before we end um, this here podcast? Off the, off the top of my head, uh, Persona 5 mm-hmm. got me into JRPGs, and I've fallen in love with the genre. I've played, I, I talked about this literally last podcast, I think. Um, I played Fire Emblem because of it, Dragon mm-hmm. Quest. Um, and you've gone deep. And I've gone pretty deep. And I and Persona. I just I love Persona Five. The it has probably my favorite soundtrack. Mm-hmm. If like if That's, I'm at work, I'll listen to it. I don't like doing dishes. Persona I'll Five, to it. but mm-hmm. nothing gets me going. Like you know, about to be on Spotify in like six hours. Yeah, I'm so excited for that. <laughs> um, I just I I really love the characters and the gameplay. I love the Persona aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a really good game, um, and I appreciate what it did to get me into the genre. Um, 
I love Cuphead, like you said earlier. Yeah, Cuphead is good. I don't. I don't. It's too. It's weird. I don't consider myself someone who likes hard games. That game's hard. But oh yeah, it is. It is extremely <laughs> hard. But I. I. I beat it, and it, like it can be harder if you you know if you want to go for like the no hits and stuff. Yeah. You can make it as hard as you I want. I didn't make it that hard, but even the lowest levels, pretty damn hard. But it it, it yeah. gave me a feeling of like, you know, I might not be the type of guy to beat Dark Souls all the way through, you know, um, but it still gave me a feeling of like I'm good. It made me feel good for beating that game. <laughs> I, I had overcome I'm a all true these gamer. hurdles. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was if I felt awakened. So I I have <laughs> so much love for that game awakened. too, uh, and then. I, I said it earlier, but like Mortal Kombat, um, it and maybe just fighting games in general. Mm-hmm. Um, we have so much time. Into it Smash gives me Bros. I can connect with my mom totally. on Mortal Kombat. We play Smash all the time, all the time. Um, so it's much. just it's it's so fun to be able to just go head to head with somebody on and just beat their ass, you know. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Smash with spiking somebody off the stage is one of the greatest feelings it's, in the world. It's fun to get better. Yeah. To to. You know, yeah. before you used to just trounce me all the time, yep. and I was really bad. And now, oh, how the turntables, right? It's like it's like sixty <laughs> forty, uh, yeah. Um, but it, it it was fun as as like as someone to just climb up the ranks of like, man, these people are really whooping me constantly. Yeah. Yet some, you know, a comp, like overcoming that hurdle and going to tournaments. With yeah, you we guys. we started going to tournaments, and we we started out like zero oh, and two, you know, every time, and then we'd go one and two, and, and then, then two we went and two. two and two, and then three and two, and. It that's about where we stopped, uh, <laughs> but it was just so fun watching yourself improve against these other people, and then having each other. Cause I I we we played against each other enough to where we we almost built each other up mm-hmm. in our gameplay, and having that experience with somebody is so cool to yeah, is. like help build each other up and make each other better at mm-hmm. something. Uh, we have that with like playing chess. Um, chess over so the much. past couple months, we've both gotten I think a lot better. I do chess puzzles every day. Um, and so I appreciate fighting Thanks. games for that, for allowing you to, you know, either release aggression on somebody in a, a l- mm-hmm. less violent way or uh, just have some fun. Or have Let, some fun. You, you know, you're having some sort of get together or whatever and kicking mm-hmm. back with your friends and everyone's like, hey, we got three, four controllers. You want to throw it up? Yeah. And then you're sitting there and everyone's playing Smash and having a good time. Now, yeah. I personally can't play more than two players. I just don't have fun. But I have fun watching other people have fun yeah. with four, five players. So <laughs> I, I got I to gotta shut up the fighting game yeah. scene somewhere in there. Smash Bros. is the only fighting game I can play mm-hmm. because I miss input enough in that game. Mm-hmm. When I'm playing Mortal Kombat or something, it never... Like what I said with Hades, <laughs> it does everything I want it to do. And yeah. Mortal Kombat, not at all. I'm always doing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can lose fair. momentum so fast in those games. So. I just can't. I just you know, one one special that whiffs and you're just stuck in the animation for like three seconds. Mm, it's yeah. it's all that. And then you just there. get you yeah. just get whomped. And then you try to play online and someone just got you in like some sort of infinite combo that Ugh. turns out is not infinite. It's just because you suck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, those games are rough. But Smash Bros. Something beautiful about that game. Yeah. I think if you pull all our time from all the Wii U's and all of our different switches from mm. Smash Four. And Smash Ultimate, we have oh, like some... two thousand hours. And, and just looking at what Sakurai did in Ultimate, oh, everybody's here, man. If you just stop and look at that roster of characters, it's yeah. just insane. It's a wonderful thing. I, I was my, I was how, looking how at big it is. the other day. I was like sitting back on the couch, and you know, it, it goes like eight com- or rows down. And I was just sitting there, like, I think Smash Bros has ruined other fighting games for me because I can I can try other fighting games like mm-hmm. uh, you know like uh, Dragon Ball fighters and stuff and i enjoy that one mainly because a lot of the shit is automatic in that game like yeah. you can hold square and you'll do mm. the combo like you can just tap a button and you'll do the combo you want to do which is nice but you know even that roster compared to smash it just doesn't even 
Not even like, close. Yeah, so the next fighting, the next Mortal Kombat that comes out, like, I love, I can play Mortal Kombat for a little bit and I like the stories, but the, the roster is just going to feel so, it's just not going to feel as good because yeah. the Smash roster is just so large and filled with so much variety. Mm-hmm. Just crazy how much is in that game. I love it. I, I thought about this literally like a couple of weeks ago. I was like, if you had told me, like little kid me buying Smash Brothers for 64, like, oh, uh, yeah, just give it a couple of years and Sonic, Ryu, Ken, Minecraft, Steve, <laughs> uh, like truly just a shocking Snake. Pac-Man, Snake, Snake, Sephiroth, Sephiroth, Cloud, like oh. it is truly unbelievable how many characters mm. they got in mm. there from from their own ips and different it, yeah. it's absolute and what they're only up to fight pack two yeah like so, they're not done they're not got, close to we done. Got still three more in three this more pack, in this so. pack and if they do another pack which it's it's crazy it, it might happen because i mean if you just do nintendo ips alone right mm-hmm. it's still crazy to get that done yeah but with to, all this, cra- it is all these other hands in the mix. Mm-hmm. It is the yeah. biggest crossover event in history. Like yeah. you just really can't come. No close. question, like, yeah. can't come close to it, which is nice. Um, but that is it for all of our picks. I think they were all nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I like good the, variety. I like the spice that that Bob Buell uh brought. He he brought some oldies but goodies in there because mm-hmm. you know uh, my list is a lot of new stuff. And Bob Buell, talk- Miss Pac Man, Metal Gear One. I like mm-hmm. those picks, Bob. They're really nice. I'm sprinkling in that old school spice in there. <laughs> you gotta That's have what it. I do. <laughs> um, and I think I think this episode is better for it. Um, honestly, it was wonderful having you on. Yeah. Um, to be to be completely honest, um, it was a joy. Um, oh, thank you guys. Uh, uh, you're you're a very wholesome guy. I've watched you on a, a lot of the other shows. You know, Min Max and, and Game Informer. And I don't know if you were on there last year. Um, but I, I've been listening to those shows for like three or four years because I got a job as a postman. So I have a ton of time to just sit and listen to podcasts. Um, and so I know I've seen you on there a few times. Um, but you're just a joy to have on those shows and you were a joy to have on our show. So we, we very I, much. Uh, I very much appreciate it. And and seriously, thank you guys for uh, inviting me on. This was this was fantastic. I could, like I said, I could wax philosophical about games for hours. <laughs> so could I. And uh, actually just have. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> um, but before we head out, where can people find you? I know we got your Twitter linked on the screen, but for the audience. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, do that. Uh, more than anything, if you want to hear my voice wax philosophical about any other thing, uh, 99 Questions is the name of the podcast. If mm-hmm. uh, Whatever podcast thing you have have uh, the number 99 questions it's me asking the same 99 question interview to all different guests from different ways of life mm. uh, there's a lot of people in the video game industry mm-hmm. so yeah if you are familiar with the minmax community we had ben hansen on we had dan Reichert, formerly uh, yep. of game informer and giant bomb we just had abby russell on from yep. giant bomb alex had, stadnick yeah, mary alex. kish um uh, comedians uh, uh uh, Jeffrey James, a uh, bunch of other people, actors, uh, Caldwell Tanner from Not Another D and D podcast was super oh, cool on yeah. there. Um, a lot of a lot of really cool guests that I'm shocked they say yes to me. I don't know, I still <laughs> don't understand why, but um, yeah, there's some really cool ones, and I'm lining up some very cool ones right now. So if you want to check out anything I'm doing, that'll be the place to do. It. Awesome. Of course, that that's exciting. Get excited uh, for that, um, and that. Uh, to be completely honest with you, Bob Buell, I'm, as excited as you are to have those guests on, I was as excited to have you on here. It felt like a big oh. deal for me. You are our first, our first, like, you know, we've had Chance and yeah. people who are someone who's not group. in our immediate. But you were the so. the first person to be a, like a get. It, it's another one of those milestones for us that make it feel like our podcast is like legit. Yeah, you, you know, sponsoring the Min Max show and now having going from twenty listeners a week to now we have a consistent one hundred and fifty, yeah. one hundred and sixty. 
it's crazy. It it really yeah. is. And we're not making money out here. We still got day jobs, you know. But it's just cool for that many people to love what we do and for our, to have to go through the email list and now pick which emails we want to talk about yeah. and not just pull them all <laughs> is is a fun is a fun thing and and you being on here with us is for me another one of those milestones of like hey we got a guest they videoed in they have a podcast they had dan record on there like oh and that's what i was saying leading up i was like hey bob Peel's gonna be a special guest and everyone's like who's that oh well He's Bob Pugh. He's a wholesome guy. He's had, he's talked to Dan Riker, Ben Hansen. <laughs> and I was yeah. listening to all this stuff and it was very exciting for me. So thank you for being on here again. You can uh, find Bob Buell at the 99 questions podcast. Um, his Twitter is at Bob backwards with three B's there. B O B B B backwards. Um, and you can find him and follow him over there. If you would like, um, I would love to have you on again some point in the future. Um, you, you, um, we might do that cause this was very fun. I've mm-hmm. actually had a great Anytime. time. I've had a great time. This is phenomenal. Of course. (laughs) Um, So maybe look forward to that. But until then, you can find our normal episodes Mondays, 7 a.m. Central Time Zone gang um, and and all the normal stuff. But thank you so much for watching or listening to this special episode of the Synced Up podcast. I've been Tim. That's been Mike. That's been Bob. We love to see him. And we will see you all in the next one. Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) The unspoken hero back there. Yeah. The, The classic game for the Wii. It, it, it might not work for Bobby because he's a little older, but I'm it hoping not, it does. But maybe you still share this same mental connect we do. Okay. When I say the Wii game, the Blob, you're familiar? Yes. The Blob, okay. Is there another game that also comes to mind after thinking about the Blob? Just... It just whatever the immediate one is. Like, what does the block? Because okay. there's three of us in this household that independently all said the same exact thing, and it blew our minds. And we're wondering if you're going to say it. Well, mine, un- unshockingly, is an old school answer. But the, what comes to mind is a boy and his blob okay. for okay. NES. Okay. But probably because the word blob is in it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you have any other answers? For the blob? Like, you just think... Not necessarily games that are like the Blob, but you just associate this game with the Blob for some reason. Boom Blocks? That's close. <laughs> That's close. I do love Boom Blocks though. Boom Blocks, boom blocks is, is good. I love like I actually have a copy in my room. Now I'm trying play. to think like Wii era. Maybe he'll say it. Maybe he'll say it. If it's past guest three, we'll just we'll move yeah. on. But oh man, I feel like this pressure. <laughs> I know. There's no, there. Technically, there's a right answer that we're fishing for. <laughs> we're fishing for a specific answer. I don't know if it's necessarily the right one. I don't know. I, my, I'm just going to throw out my third. Tetsunuko versus Capcom. <laughs> all, right, all right. So for us, for some reason, he mentioned it on the show, and, and it was a thing that I, he was saying that when I think of DeBlob, for some reason, I think about Epic Mickey on the Wii. And I don't know oh. why, but it, I felt that so like much in my soul that I was like, wait, that doesn't make – so do I. I don't yeah. understand why I do. So later on, we went into the kitchen when the episode was over, and we asked our friend Sal, who lives with us, and he hadn't heard the show or anything. He, w- he was in his room doing stuff, so he didn't hear any of it. We, we confirmed this, and we asked him, hey, when you think of the Wii game to blob, what other game do you think of? And he sat there for about 30 seconds, and then he said, Epic Mickey, and I lost my mind. It just I, made no <laughs> sense. I, I just fell out of my chair. I was like, did he just say, what the hell? And he was like, yeah, and we just couldn't explain it. And so ever since then, we've tried to ask every single person, when you think of the blob, what do you think of? And every time, we really hope they say Epic Mickey. <laughs> just to confirm our little conspiracy. I don't know if it's from, because GameStop you know they do their stuff in alphabetical order that like the blob would maybe be next to epic mm. mickey at gamestop 
or the only other thing I could think of is like, doesn't the cover of Epic Mickey, I know it's like that back photo of like uh, of Mickey standing there, Mm -hmm. but doesn't it have like ink splatter on it? Yeah. That was the other thing we associated it with is they both have that kind of same splattery. And we, I also thought the blob had a pretty basic um, cover too, but then I looked at that and it was like yellow and blue and red all over. Yeah. They both have the the paint splash, but it was, such a weird connection that we both shared on the show, and then we huh. we we shared it with our friend who was like, "Yeah, definitely Epic Mickey." And I was just like, "What did he just say that?" There's in, there's a video essay to be done there Some, <laughs> somewhere. Why does people associate the blob with Epic? Mickey? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's our Jacob Geller. Get on it. Yeah, maybe it's our age group. Maybe if we ask, it might be the age thing. Maybe if we ask more like 22, 23, 21 people, yeah. they'll be like, "Oh, definitely Epic Mickey." Yeah. But I'm just like wondering, what is it that like made that connection for us? Because mm. we all that's independently, yeah. So such a weird thing. So that's our weird thing. Yeah. 